Hey everybody, it's Monday, the 29th of January, 2018. You're listening to the Saladcast. I'm your host, Dan Train. Joining me today, Zachary Vergis. Yeah. And Robert Kemp. Swan Hunter. <laughs> okay. That's not that cool a name. I hunt swans. <laughs> I wonder if that's where it came from, though. Because surely that... It's like not when you have a name that's your job, the classic old way of doing things. Yeah, Swan Hunter can't really be a job because like no. you'd only be supplying like the royal family. <laughs> I mean, exactly. it technically could be a job, but it'd be a very small family tree because there's only like one person's job. The royal Swan Hunter. Yeah, exactly. I didn't know I mean, Swan was a name though. Swan. Oh, Swan's well, definitely I mean, a name. <laughs> Isn't that like aren't there scientists called Swan? Isn't there? You get it with a double N as well. If yeah, you want. double N, isn't it? I've heard of it. Well, as a surname, I might have it, like yeah. as a as a as a first name. Oh, was that the guy's? So it's, it the was guy's Swan Hunter. Name was but... Swan Hunter. Oh, okay. Like, you can put whatever names you want anywhere. <laughs> you can be called real dumb shit if you want. Yeah, but this isn't nowadays. This is like past times when they made chips yeah but they also had dumb names then they just didn't like it was like they they only seem dumb now was that like they a- actually weren't dumb at the time <laughs> like that was a perfectly ordinary name swan possibly was he Hunter. ugly as a small child and so they called him swan hoping he would blossom into a, a beautiful creature of the leg and the rivers. Don't forget the rivers. Don't forget the rivers. <laughs> Conserve your rivers. <laughs> Not the sea, though. You don't get marine swans, do you? That's <laughs> true. As far as I know. Like bigger, nice more swan. seaworthy swans. <laughs> <laughs> well, a bigger swan. I like yeah. the idea of that. Stand up to ocean waves. <laughs> Wodge. It's actually just what pedalos. Were, were originally modelled on until the Queen ate them all. Ah, uh, because of the Swan Hunter. <laughs> because of the Swan Hunter, yeah. You just hunted all the big ones, and now there's only small ones. You'd probably say that Swan Hunter built the Esk. It was always the designer of the Esk or something, but, you know, carry on with our ship thing. We didn't just randomly come across Swan Hunter. Not like... Bonus yes, we, we literally did come across it randomly. We typed in, like, <laughs> <laughs> random ship into Wolf from Alpha, I presume. We're revealing all our secrets. You're not meant uh, to do that until after the season. Oh, uh, really? We've done that for years, haven't we? Yeah, but we always say we're not meant to. <laughs> we've got to find like you're, you're not meant to know what our keyword means until, until well, no, we say it at some point, I guess. You're <laughs> going we, to if we talk about we, it. <laughs> yeah, my fault. <laughs> I just like Swan Hunter. It's cool. So how's it going on a weekday? On a weekday? Yeah. Late, late, late. <laughs> Not really. It's about the normal time you start from. Girls. We're about a day Eight, late. Mate. Eight. That's true. <laughs> yeah. What have you been up to? You've been busy on a Saturday. Yeah, boy. I was... Doing a charity quiz for cancer research. Sweet. My team came second out of oh, a about 16. Second out of 16? Yeah. That's pretty good. I don't know how, because I, I well, I basically contributed nothing. <laughs> like, I, the, the questions were so far out of my limited time zone of understanding. 
It's like they're all about stuff that happened in like the 60s. And, and there was, for once, in one of these things, a music round. And I was like, oh, hell yeah. I said, this is my time to shine. And then it was all like rock and roll from the 50s. <laughs> nice. Like, Bill Haley and his comments. Uh, Buddy Holly. I can't, I can't do any of this. <laughs> Did you have some slightly older people on your team who could sort all that stuff out then? No, we just guessed incredibly well. Oh, right. Out. Nice. Like the, 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 that... that Round had a theme conveniently, and it was about numbers. So it was like, what's the number associated with this song? And like, some of them were in titles, and some of them were band names. Uh, so um, you could kind of you could start, fudge it start out, to figure sometimes. out the pattern. Yeah, right. yeah. It's kind of or, handy. The, the the only sort of question I got, and it was probably one of the few I got in the entire evening, was that uh, once we'd identified the gnome, identified the track, and it's like, and it's like, oh, it's that that. Da, 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 when it gets going and it's like oh like that's pennsylvania 65000 isn't it and they're, and they're like oh yeah that's the number <laughs> 6500 yeah i don't even know that is that some song about a train <laughs> i have no idea actually it's like the one time when the orchestra actually play it apparently they they everyone has to actually just say pennsylvania 65000 in that voice yeah <laughs> in that specific voice. <laughs> How does the conductor, <laughs> I guess, just mouth it? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> He's not like very quickly writing the letters with, <laughs> with the baton. Well, it's probably just written on the sheet music as an extra. <laughs> yeah. yeah. One of the, one of the they remarks just, that they just suddenly, re- has. suddenly replace the notes with like just words in the middle of the stave. I do. I'm sure it's above the line. Because yeah. probably the music oh, does continue slightly for some people. Some part of the also probably continues to play under that. Oh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> it's probably a rest. <laughs> There's always a rest somewhere. I remember the rests. Never forget. Have a rest. 16 bars. Good luck counting. So have they researched cancer now? Is it all the uh, research? <laughs> yes, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> We're all screwed. Unlocked. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. Oh dear. Yeah, so that was all right. I was doing that Saturday. And, uh, uh, weekend before that was Winter Beer Fest in Cambridge. Oh, Boy, sweet. classic. I d- Continuing my, been... uh, my trend of picking terrible beers. <laughs> Well, you got to pick the worst ones because uh, how are you yep. supposed to know? <laughs> you just pick yep. them at random. But it very much balances things out. I I do have a tendency to pick the pick the utter poopers, so we can, so then I can have a sip of someone else's and be like, oh my gosh. It's like the problem is, is that I seem to buy the pat the, the entire half pint of palate cleanser, <laughs> right. ready for the for the actual sip of of actually nice beer. Something really else. good, yeah. You just mirror someone else's choices. That might be the best tactic next time. Well, that was where that was where we ended up. To be yeah. honest, we, we we landed on one. We found a uh, a I think it was a Dutch beer called Frontal Rhodesian. Oh, and oh, it was gorgeous, strong, but gorgeous. Where's it from? Oh, from Dutch. Uh, obviously, it was Dutch. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering. I mean, actually, there's just a guy in in Somerset who's Dutch, and then it's a Dutch beer. <laughs> No, no, it's, I think it's that. I don't know. I've got no idea. It was written at the time. I think it was done. 
Have they always done a, um, a winter one? Or I've never been to a winter one. Yeah, they, they, they don't do it on in the open. They sort of steal one of the university union buildings or something. Oh, cool. And uh, so it's a much smaller affair, but it's still pretty good. Nice. Get your beers in. I still haven't quite found anything as bad as the stubble burner, so there is that. Despite picking terrible beers. Was that what it was actually called, or was that what the, you questioned The stubble it? burner is the worst beer I've ever had. Wow. And quite it, an honour. Yeah. It did taste like a gone-off apple. Ooh. Like, you know how you, how you get a particularly foul cider? Sometimes, like yeah. the, the strongest, driest, nastiest blackthorn-like cider, right? And, and but all vinegary, sort of bitter, horrible mess. But this was a beer, and it still kind of tasted like it had that in it. And it's like, oh, this is horrible. So, do you know how to avoid that in future, or do you know what it was about that that? The... I think it's uh, it's just a very I think you described that as just extremely bitter on like tasting notes. So basically, well, I tend to avoid most things that say it's a bitter beer, like because it's like most beers have it, oh, you know, bitter by nature. So if it's been described as a bitter, as beer, extra bitter, that's probably yeah, not good. That's probably yeah, it's probably bad. Makes sense. Yeah. Can't really go wrong with anything if it, it describes itself as ruby, then you're all right. But oh, you so go for rare. the rubies. Oh, I love <laughs> a ruby. Anything that describes it, they're quite rare. So anything that describes itself as a ruby ale is it tends to be delicious. That sort of nice middle ground between everything. <laughs> it's like it's the perfect, like you're yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a. A little bit velvety, but a little bit fruity, but not quite hoppy madness. And a slightly darker, darker colour. Oh, it's perfect. It's right. It's right in the middle of beer. <laughs> Central beerdom. Central beer. Yeah, all beer congeals into this. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds horrible. <laughs> Congealed lump of ruby beer. <laughs> That's, that's where r- real rubies come from. You leave a ruby beer for out for long enough. <laughs> you get a ruby. You get an actual ruby, yeah. That's why it's so valuable. Because <laughs> you, <can eat> <laughs> <laughs> you missed out on all this delicious ruby beer in order to have yeah. a ruby. It doesn't seem worth it. It's a great deal of, uh, great deal of emergency alcoholism <laughs> in a single ruby. all your pirating needs oh that's what i was doing how about yourself why, why couldn't you do the podcast yesterday what happened <laughs> yesterday oh, i was just doing some uh uh board gaming board gaming uh, yeah and uh we made our made a roast for people and stuff and uh had a general sunday a general a sunday. general sunday chill sunday 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 that was good had people over we played some kind of haunted house game thing and then we played some secret hitler yeah yeah it's pretty good a bit of cards against humanity 
British edition. Oh, I haven't um, played that in so long. I know. Good. That's, that's the trick. Yeah. That is the trick. We, we, might, we might need to get more expansions just to just to confuse it. But... Have you even played all of the cards in all of those expansions I've, you've got, though? I don't know. I bet we have. <laughs> There's, like, Jimmy several cards in it now. It's like... Uh... It, yeah, in the British one, yeah. There was, yeah. I think there kind of always was. And oh, Ed there Balls. always was. Oh, okay. And Ed Balls. Oh, yeah, Ed Balls. Ed Balls. There's a section in the in the rules about Ed Balls. <laughs> yeah. Ed Balls? <laughs> Ed Balls. Ed Balls. <laughs> That's all you need to know. Exactly. He <laughs> tweeted it himself. Uh yeah. Well, so, what was yeah. that doing? Yeah, what do you do with your extra, your extra day? Played a bunch of a game that I'm going to talk about the podcast. Well, okay, fairly obviously. Uh, spoiler alert. Okay. Well, let's. You went. You went. You went. Fretting over Kettlegate still. <laughs> no, I said like wait six months for that kettle to start you mad. Then we can talk about Kettlegate. <laughs> 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 oh, I went to see the post. Actually, that was. Oh, you did. Yeah. Any, any good? It is okay. <laughs> good to know it is 100% a movie Five. yeah yeah I had that feeling recently I watched the Spielberg film the last Spielberg film with Tom Hanks in um, uh, Bridge of Spies it oh, is right. yeah. okay <laughs> mm-hmm. it is definitely 100% a movie for sure it's just it's not bad it's, it's an incredibly well made thing it's just yeah. that I it's actually the unfortunate part of it is that the the every everything is laid out right at the start, and so there's no real surprises. There's no real right. It's just as it turns out, it's not actually that interesting a story. Did they? What do they explain? What everything up front about what happened and stuff? Well, kind of. You kind of know what's going. Yeah, you kind of know what's going on from if you've seen the trailers and knew what the film was about. You kind of know what it's about and where it goes and what happens. And it's it's, like, that's it's fine. I want to know about the journey, thing, but right? the, yeah. The, yeah, but the journey isn't actually all that interesting, <laughs> unfortunately. Oh. But it is well made. Hmm. Okay, I probably skip at the cinema then. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. Watch it yeah, on yeah. TV. Watch it on Netflix when it comes yeah, up. Yeah, the inevitable Netflix. I saw uh, Coco. That's pretty good. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I recommend that. Actually, it's actually really quite good. Um, one of the better uh, Pixar's of recent times, I would say. Long for a Pixar film as well. It didn't, like didn't feel long. Yeah, it didn't feel long though. I think it earned its length for sure. Hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it. Go see it, and it's got it no Mexicans. like no like explicit Grim Fandango references in it, but um, definitely a you lot know. of infl- influence there. <laughs> Well, any sort of Mexican skeleton-based thing is going to be. <laughs> well, it wasn't just similar. that because it's like it also like it was Mexican Day of the Dead with the Calavera stuff, but it also mm. had like Art Deco theme style in the sure. and and noir style, which is basically what Grim Fandango did like twenty years ago or how long it was. Yeah, mm. nearly. Jeez. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I didn't get the art deco from the trailers. So yeah, that's definitely in there once you get to the like Land of the Dead style thing. Mm. Um, yeah, quite a few similarities, and they're like bu- there's a bureaucracy and stuff in the Land of the Dead, which is kind of similar to the Department of Death. Yeah, yeah, nice. Uh, so, so yeah, it's got some of that stuff going going on, but intriguing. Not too we'll probably much. do my usual ploy with like uh, like with 
Weirdly, with like animation and stuff like that, Gnome and I always want to watch that at home. Oh right, which is odd. Like, so we, that's why we end up with quite a lot of like Pixar films on the shelf. Or sure, like we we tend not to get to the cinema to see those for some reason. We end up seeing them at. Well, that'd be a good Blu-ray. Sure. I think that, yeah, although I think that might be because the probability of having an annoying child in the cinema with you is very high. Um, I suppose. I think I was just lucky, I guess, with that. Yeah. Or go see it in IMAX where everybody is deafened. IMAX. Is that what it's all about? Like how loud it is from the yeah, size of the yeah. screen? The screen the screen is bigger and it's a lot louder. So you, well, it, it, and in fairness, it does work because you can't hear so many assholes. Yeah, that's true. Drown them it, out. It, it functions. <laughs> IMAX. It's a working thing. One thing I will say, though, is that given it's um, uh, about music, there aren't actually that many songs in it. Uh, but the Coco. ones there are are good. Yeah, Coco. Yeah. It's about music. Oh, I didn't, I didn't yeah, it's like, a, it's like a kid who's uh, it's inspired to be a musician, but his family is like band Dead. music. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 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 Well, a lot of his family's dead, but I mean, that's true of anyone. <laughs> Uh, one could argue that most of your family, family is exactly <laughs> well there you go alright that's the film minute oh Fantastic Beast is good as well that's worth a watch really? yeah we've got to watch that on Blu-ray this weekend as well what the Harry Potter thing? yeah oh, I've never I seen liked that. it I thought it was good oh really? oh just give that a try, maybe. I hadn't heard good things about it, so I kind of avoided it. But yeah, <coughs> I had heard nothing but good things. But mm, interesting. Yeah, our sources may differ. <laughs> yeah, apparently. Yeah, I quite like it. It's not. It's not the same as Harry Potter. Well, you don't you know, want it you, to be the same. No, it's very. It's a different feeling thing for sure. But yeah. Yeah, I wanted to see that, like it's weird, cool. like American version of. Yeah, <laughs> and New York and stuff. Like Sounds kind of cool. New York as well. Nice. It's, it's fun. I uh, got some house grouse too. Go for the house grouse. Very quickly. I don't think we've mentioned this before, actually, in the in the classic way that modern house design is both equally great and terrible. <laughs> I don't know if that's equal. <laughs> <laughs> mostly terrible exact size. Mostly terrible. Okay, <laughs> fine. Um, it's more like it's more like equally terrible and a building. <laughs> <laughs> what? It, what does that mean? It's like, it's it's like a movie it's, argument. It's yeah, one hundred percent. One hundred percent a building, but some parts of it are terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, we've broken another bloody window hinge this week. Like that's three of them we've managed to break in the last like year. What are you doing? Trying to open them or something? Yeah. Oh my <laughs> like god. A, like a window. <laughs> well, like if this one was in the kitchen as well, so it was like, oh god, like food is making sputtery stuff that's filling the air, and our, our fire alarms don't like food, as it turns and, out. And you know, as talking of things that are terrible, fire alarms. Well, and your like extraction fan could over the cooker, which doesn't sufficiently extract. No, it needs to be like four <laughs> times as powerful. Um, Even though it's incredibly loud. Yeah. It's incredibly loud and doesn't do very much work. <laughs> Rubbish. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so uh, naturally you go, oh, God, open the windows. We need to make this incredibly loud noise stop. 
Um, yeah, and then it sort of the hinge snapped. Um, sort of, so it's one of the arms between the things. It's got like a little runner that's supposed to be in one piece to keep the metal bits exactly where they're supposed to be. And on all in all three cases, this little plastic connector has has split in half. Um, so the pieces don't move exactly in the with the right alignment, and so the window goes off kilter, and then you can't really close it properly unless you've got a tall person like Zach to prop it up from the outside of the house uh, while you close it. Convenient. Yeah. So windows, they they suck. Just don't make them out of plastic bits. Yeah, it doesn't seem like quite the right. But to be fair, like the windows are like a dodgy point in old buildings as well. Um, <laughs> Dan couldn't finish that sentence. Dan just faded out. <laughs> disappears into obscurity. <laughs> window. Where did I go? Oh, there he goes. He's coming back gradually. <laughs> oh, okay. I haven't touched anything or done anything. I think we shut the window on it. Before we did. <laughs> okay. Just say windows uh, can be dodgy in old buildings just as much. They're just like a general dodgy point. I guess, but there's something about old hinges where they are just a hinge, right? That they, That's true. They're a bit simple. not as complicated. It's not as obvious a design flaw mm. in an old hinge, whereas this one is just like, the plastic you have used is too weak. <laughs> you should just use a metal bit. The rest of that bloody hinge construction is metal. Why make that bit out of plastic? Hmm. We recently cleaned all the windows in our house by literally just disassembling them. Like, you can just take the entire part that opens off real easily, all of them. So, like, that was why my bedroom was real cold for a week. It was just like, we took all of the windows off. Huh. And then cleaned them on the ground where it's really easy to clean them and, like, painted them and everything and then put them back up. Could this have not been done during a warmer season? Well, I mean, it wasn't that, <laughs> it wasn't that cold. Well... And also, we have an actual, you know, heater now—a <laughs> more reliable heat source. Mm. You can just turn on and off whenever you want, not wow. by igniting a fuel. Modern well, technology, technically, by igniting a fuel, I guess. <laughs> it's always igniting a fuel. <laughs> it's just on-demand ignition. Still sucks. <laughs> the main thing that sucks about it is that is the water pressure is terrible. Like before, when we had a hot water tank and a cold water tank, yeah, the, the cold water was always incredibly ridiculously high pressured, like way more than the hot water. But the hot water was like well pressured as well. And now they both suck. Mm. <laughs> and if you turn more than one tap on anywhere in the house, they all become terrible. See, we had that here for a bit until we realised the incredibly obvious mistake that we hadn't actually opened the um, valve. The, the, the stop, what, what's it called? The stop tap or something? Right. Stop cock. We, stop cock, that's it. Yeah. We, we just haven't opened that all the way. <laughs> it's a, only a shitty amount of water was getting in. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit of a mistake if you don't have the actual main valve to the house open. <laughs> Properly opened, yeah. yeah. And it was like, oh, this is way better. Don't go to check that at home. Because I mean, I guess we haven't had any reason to turn the water off since they installed that boiler. So, like, maybe they didn't, didn't reopen it fully when they left. So, does your water pressure thing work like ours? Then, like, ours was weird. Like, it wasn't. You know how those that, that, that supposed that old house thing where if someone flushes the loo, right, yeah, where it cuts all the cold water out, so someone in the shower suddenly gets a run of nothing but hot. Yeah, it's like that's not how it worked for us. Well, like, no, because like, that's not how that was because of the like the way it used to have hot and cold tanks yeah. and stuff, and they flow into each other. 
Yeah, now, now it's just like someone... If, if I wanted to go for a pee while Noma was in the shower, there would just be a moment where Noma would just have no water. <laughs> yeah. Just be standing there going, what do I do now? I think it's... I think our shower gets away with it because it's an electric one, so it's like it internally pressurizes the water as well. It's okay. not relying just on the actual pressure of the to some extent, I yeah. guess. Yeah, can't can't have a massive capacity for, to deal with that. No. But yeah, it's very noticeable if you've like if you've just flushed the toilet and you want to wash your hands, oh, much right. lower amounts of water comes out of the tap until the huh. toilet refills and then suddenly it goes whoosh. <laughs> which doesn't really help. Yeah, okay, that's kind of bad. Need one of those Japanese toilets where the um uh that we had so, some places in Japan where the um the the wash bed, the hand basin is actually the top of the cistern. No, so right. as the water's yeah. going into the cistern, it's actually going through a sink first, so you can wash your hands in the You're reusing water, man. That's why all, all toilet technically like all toilet packs should be filled with rainwater, because that would be the easiest way to deal with that. Yes. But no, it's too much effort to separate drinking and non-drinking water. Are you, are you saying system. that uh, all toilets should be water butt-based? Yeah, clearly. They should be butt-based. Everything should be butt-based. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They're already like 50% butt-based. My toilet. Fully butt-based toilets. <laughs> all my cons. <laughs> if, if we make the toilet out of leather... <laughs> it would be like cow butt based as well. <laughs> what is the maximum percentage of butt basedness <laughs> that a toilet could be? Well, you'd have to make it butt shaped, obviously. Yeah. You'd have to make it so you don't need your hand to flush it. <laughs> it's got a butt button. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Perhaps it has to be next to the loot. When you're done, you just sort of sit on this other button. <laughs> just to transfer over for a second. Just to push the button. Yeah. That doesn't seem like a good idea. No, no, that doesn't seem good. <laughs> but button. Or is it just tied to the like you know, like you know the weight of you yeah. releasing off well, the seat? I'm sure that's yeah. You press it down out. as you sit down, and then when you when you get up it flushes. Done. I'm sure that's how someone has already done that. I'm sure that's already a thing. Mm. In Japan, it's got to be a thing, right? <laughs> yeah, probably in Japan. Yeah, that'd be electronics in the Japan, though. Yeah, but it would still be butt-based. It would be detecting <laughs> the weight. Uh, but the electronics like would be reducing our percentage of nothing but butt. But you can't... <laughs> uh, like, even if you're talking about <laughs> making this leather, leather toilet for the cow bath, <laughs> the entire structure of the toilet is not going to be able to be made of leather. No, There's no, that other won't materials work. in there. So that's just... Yeah. You're, you're, you're still going to be a reduced percentage of butt. I don't know. Couldn't you make like a like a leather weave or something? That's super strong? Like, I don't like want to use his toilet. Sounds horrible. Like a wick, like a wicker leather or something. A wicker like, leather. Stronger. Well, you know, like a wicker basket is like weirdly strong, right? So kind of just make leather like that. Like if you wake your weave, it doesn't seem watertight though. No, or, you don't. You have your inner you layers. Inner layers. Okay, yeah, you have your inner layers like flat leather. It'd be fine, but. I'm not saying on this. I'm saying on this toilet. <laughs> That's why it's enamel. So it's incredibly flat, or not actually enamel. I'll admit there might need to be some amount of glaze or something on, on this on this lever, but that's a very small percentage. 
don't think you can mount that on the lever. I think that's the problem. The lever is too well, flexible, my... even in its well, you firmest can... form. <laughs> you know, I've got my like beer mug that's made of leather, right? <laughs> yeah, but that's pretty soft. Yeah, but watertight. <laughs> yes, but like that doesn't mean that you'd want a huge amount of other stuff as well as water in there. <laughs> other stuff. Depends <laughs> how corrosive your pee is. Or how bad toilet duck is on leather. Actually, that's probably the, probably the worst thing. That, like, how, yeah. how, Any well, cleaning yeah. fluids would probably just fuck that leather up real good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Rob Coe announces the new butt base. The 100% butt base. Butt base toilets, yeah. yeah. Well, that doesn't fit the scheme, though. I, I am not going <laughs> to no. say what's, <laughs> what the obvious Rob Coe name would be. No. <laughs> That's a different product altogether. Oh yeah, yeah. We've got a whole whole separate department for that. <laughs> Ugh. Well, I'm sure you'll sell a buttload of them. Hey. What a good what a good way to finish this segment. News. What's Real going good. on in video game news aside from <laughs> leather toilets? So uh, Nintendo are investing in leather by making <laughs> not really by releasing Nintendo Levbo. <laughs> it's not. It's made of cardboard and it's called Labo or Labo. <laughs> no, definitely not. <laughs> is it Labo? It like, is Labo. Like uh, Labo. Officially, we have or... to rhyme with Nintendo, right? Nintendo Labo. Amiibo. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I Some see. Amiibo in your Labo. <laughs> because it's a lab and it rhymes with Nintendo. Uh, it sounds so a bit French Labo. to me, actually. It's Labo. <laughs> Labo. Labo. Sounds French right because it starts with LA. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> As <absolutely>. in La- <laughs> Nintendo Labo. <laughs> classic French word. Shire Labeuf. <laughs> it's Labeuf. <laughs> What's, what, what is this thing? Good question. It's it's <laughs> like asking, why don't you tell us? I was asking for someone other than me to talk. All right, all right. It's, it's, it's like a it's, seventy quid box of cardboard, isn't it? Pretty well. Yeah, we don't know the UK prices just yet, but the, oh, uh, I thought that was um, it. They've, they've, I thought they'd released the US prices. It comes with they've... software though, so yeah. Right. So it's basically like a cardboard construction kit where you make things out of this this flat packed cardboard that they give you and uh, and some string that I, no, I assume is in the box as well in some cases yes, and reflective yeah. stickers and things like that and uh, the idea is you then use the Joy-Cons in these constructions to make working toys or something to make sort of toy game interactivity things so uh, does this mostly I mean, when, rely on the kind of weird depth sensor thing that no one else uses for anything so a lot of it is, yeah. A lot of it is based on the the, the mysterious right Joy-Cons IR camera, um, or depth sensing, whatever that camera is, and however it works. It it actually mm. seems what what this all suggests is that the fidelity of that thing is probably way better than we all anticipated, right? Because right? so it's got that thing, and and each Joy-Con obviously has like full like motion detection and and rumble HD rumble, right? Mm. And what else? I guess it's got. They've got quite a few things. Well, it's mostly oh. that that's going to be used here. I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't think they're using like the buttons on them attached to things to press them, right? I think that's the one thing they're not doing, right? With this, it's like it's almost entirely motion or vision controlled, right? 
um, of these things. Or there so are it's some like a things... kind of weird mindstorm, Lego Mindstorms thing. Well, kinda. I mean, this is where this is where it gets a bit fuzzy. Um, in the in the trailer they showed, which was a really cool trailer, um, they showed an awful lot of different contraptions like that were going to be in this thing, um, ranging from weird little throwaway models that you could then use vibration in the Joy Cons to make do things, like the man that just sort of falls over. Because then... <laughs> he vibrates and falls over. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. Or the little bug things that's like you put one Joy-Con on each half of them and by vibrating just one of them, the thing sort of moves, a bit like tank controls, which is kind of fun. Okay. Um, but then they, they during those bits of the trailer, they actually showed bits of the interface on the device where it looked like there was some amount of programmability going on. Okay. Just for those things. Um, but it wasn't super clear. Um, also, it's... None of those, none of those sorts of toys appear to be in what the announced packs that they've actually brought out. So that there's the variety pack or Toycon One, um, Toycon, uh, and yeah, or the Robo Kit, otherwise known as the Toycon Two, uh, which are the only two that have been officially announced. But some of the stuff like shown, like the camera and the gun, and in, and even that um, very elaborate steering wheel contraption. Uh, are, are not yet announced as being in one of the packs. I think that a lot of this stuff is actually still prototypical. Right. Um, but things like the the piano that they showed, the cardboard piano, uh, are is is in the variety pack. Um, some of the things I think they showed active, like the weird house. I think is with the thing you can plug into the side of it, and it makes a faucet appear in the game world or something. That's also a one of the faucet. <laughs> A tap. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So it all looks. I. I can't really decide if it's incredibly so, cool or just another thing that's going to fail miserably. But it might be. It might be between those. Like it might be yeah. something that's not that cool that is nevertheless really successful, like the Wii Nintendo. Anyway. Um. Yeah, because like, <laughs> well, the thing is, is it comes across as a little bit pricey. So in in American money, the variety right. pack is set to release at seventy dollars, right, for a game and cardboard. Oh, that's where I got that um, number from. Okay, and the Robo Pack, which is a, a big robot suit, we haven't even talked about it yet. It's a, it's a, yeah, string controlled robot legs and arms suit thing, cool. giant backpack. Uh, and associated game, which everyone thinks might have been where Project Massive Robot or whatever that was called, Project Giant Robot or something, actually eventually became. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that thing's eighty dollars for cardboard and a cartridge. And I can't help but think this whole success of this thing hangs on one or two things: one, the gift market, because I can see parents of kids that are probably not their own saying this is a very giftable thing if they're willing to spend that much money um yeah i guess yeah for sure and secondly it relies entirely on the strength of that software right well yeah i mean if if, if what they've made to use these things with is compelling and fun and lasts a long time you know it's a decent enough game that you will come back to yeah, that sort of seems unlikely, though, doesn't it? I mean, it if does. you're talking like yeah. $80, what's, how much is a game? $50, $60 or something? Like, as in, like, if you went out to buy uh, Mario Kart, how, how much yeah, is yeah, that? Yeah, $60. $60. $60. So you're, 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 
it's so it's more expensive than just a game like Mario Kart, and all mm. you're paying extra for is like cardboard, effectively, with some nice yeah. stickers and things. It doesn't seem like that software is going to have as much put into it as like a a full blown game. Otherwise, uh, well, here's the other part of that. You said nice stickers and things. The uh, the decoration packs are not part of the yeah, <laughs> not part of the built in stuff. You could they like okay. ten dollars or something for a decoration pack. Okay, well, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it seems expensive. But then to be fair, yeah. like things I'm thinking about comparing it to, like Lego Mindstorms, which had which Zeg had. Uh, and uh, did a lot more. That was still like expensive stuff. A good couple hundred quid, wasn't it, for the pack yeah. even when it launched? Uh, but, yeah, but, but not quite that though, wasn't it? Not okay. But that that to me sounds is seems infinitely more flexible. Definitely, like a lot more effort went into. That's it, the thing. Or a lot it's like more possibility exists because I guess the idea is that with cardboard you could get some cardboard and make whatever you want, but not really, mm. right? Because yeah, you could. Well, it depends but... where the programmability part comes in. Exactly, right? and, the, and when and but then is what's the market for that? What's the market for people making their own cardboard contraptions and then programming stuff with them? And and how is that even going to play out? And and I think some of that stuff is why the the prototypical models like the bird, whatever that they've shown, aren't part of any of the pack yet. Because I'm not 100 percent sure Ninty know what to do with it yet. Yeah, I think. I think we've made these cool things, but I'm not 100% sure that, that they know where the software side is going on some of that stuff. Oh, it seems like that's what they actually should have done to start with, is just basically make the Mindstorms be the base product and then make them the special games that are specific to one design be, yeah, come yeah. later. You know there's going to be some badass 3D printed versions of this, or someone's going to make like an antique wood one. <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so. Oh, that'd be so cool, though. If someone takes that piano and just makes it out of wood. It <laughs> like an actual piano yeah. or something. <laughs> that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I think, well, obviously good luck to them, but if I were a kid, I'd be like, that looks cool, but I'd rather have Lego Mindstorms, please, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're well predisposed to Lego, though. That's true, <laughs> but a lot of people like Lego, to be fair. Well, Lego Mindstorms is clearly cooler than modern Lego, so, you know, it's got that going for it. What do you mean, There's modern definitely... Lego? I mean, modern Lego. <laughs> Fuck modern Lego. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, hot take. <laughs> it's not that hot. We've been saying that since, like, when the first when the first round of real Star Wars like, came out. Yeah, but we were like, Fuck this shit, our shit's better. That's true, but like to be fair to Lego, like it got shit and it got better again. Like it's actually well recently, okay. yeah, I guess recently it's when, better. When you say better, wasn't your primary complaint that they kept using like special pieces? Yeah, that is the main yeah. problem with what. Lego. Well, it went at one point. It went all like terrible and like really kid friendly, and they had massive like uh, specialized pieces, and then it was all Bionicle and stuff, and, and oh, then they God, had yeah. like a renaissance where it, like, it sorted itself terrible. out. Isn't that still about? Yeah, as well. Yeah, probably. Like, doing but that was relatively like, well for itself. But that was we, like the most successful yeah. thing for a while, which was a bit depressing. <laughs> well, but, I mean, Bionicle wasn't terrible in terms of like it just no. used a, it used a bunch of weird parts, but they were still parts. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But then I, I seem to remember, like for me, like the sort of start of the disappointment came when they started. Was that the underwater set? 
where a lot of the submarine pieces were just quite large. Yeah. Well, they were quite large and bespoke, right? Like here's a big ass fan piece, or here's yeah. a yeah. here's the bulkhead piece. You know, yeah, it's it's improved. It's it's pretty good these days. And they have so many sets now, way more than they used to. There's like at least double the number per year, or maybe more. I don't know. Anyway, I don't know what's going on with Mindstorms, though. I think they've got like version 3 or something at the moment, haven't they? And they've even got like a a, a more younger kid-friendly Mindstorms thing. Like Duplo Mindstorms? So I, I I think Mindstorms has got more complicated, and then there's now some kind of intermediate one. Huh. Uh, that, that seems sensible. Yeah. In fairness, that thing was somewhat. It was both. Yeah. Very smart and not smart enough because it was kind of. I don't know. I guess at the time it was impeded by Windows ninety five era technology, right? Not 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 well, the I, most not the most slick integration. Whereas now they could just do it with an iPad, right? And, and it, it was like be, first yeah, generation exactly. of even the parts, like yeah, the sensors yeah. and the motors and the stuff, were mm. kind of sucky. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it'd be really interesting to see what the new stuff's like. Actually, I don't. Yeah. Well, the thing is that, like, remember that Technic and I think Mindstorms as well, like, mm. got rid of the the studs, right? So they're not really it, what um, the, you mean the the Lego, Lego game currency. No, I I mean literally studs. like the, the Lego pieces. Like Technic now, if you buy a Technic set now, it doesn't have studs on like a Lego set. You oh, know, wait, it's, what? it's it's all done with the pins and like oh. panels. Yeah, yeah. So they've gone like they've gone Meccano. I mean, they sort of started doing that when as soon as you got those flat arms that Technic introduced, where they're just those smooth like oval yeah. shape. But they now started it's all... going down that way. Huh. It's entirely that way now, so it's it's quite different. But I think Mindstorms yeah. is the same. It's all made out of those pin. Yeah, with the smooth sided things with all the pins in. That does seem kind of inconvenient. Because sometimes you need a, just like a big flat base plate to put things on. <laughs> or to yeah. build some, some cosmetics onto it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. They do all the cosmetics with like these weird plates now. And they look kind of cool, to be fair. Anyway, Lego talk. I'm just saying Strange. we've gone straight off Nintendo, but I'm saying that like, yeah, cardboard, expensive cardboard versus, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. There's there is a certain certain like uh, sure the appeal will be like dad and child building something together, right? Sure, yeah. That that's still a thing, but I can't but feel like this will be way more short lived than something like a Lego kit. I don't know. Then what again, is... then again, my experience with Lego wasn't all that great. I was I was the bad Lego person, right? Where I would build the model and then sort of like to look at it. No, that's necessarily bad. Yeah, that's but, you know, I didn't get that much playtime out of Lego, I suppose. It's like right. you know, I'd get the build and then I'd be sort of done with it. But I suppose that is what Lego is. I didn't I didn't really experiment. I didn't go outside the parameters all that much. Well, the trouble... Connects, I went, my, went wild. Well, Connects was my thing for going crazy. But, well, that's yeah. because you didn't have enough Lego. Like, the, the, I guess. The thing yeah. about Lego, you, you really needed like more than one thing to put together. And yeah. then you could start doing weird... Because they always try and show you like on the, on yeah. the classic back-of-the-manual thing where it's like, you could make look this. at these other things you can do with this set. And it's like, yeah, mm. but those aren't very great, are they? Because <laughs> you're trying to reuse these pieces in as like, dodgy-ass ways you possibly can. Mm. But it, there's clearly not enough pieces here to build anything new, really. You get two sets, though, and then you can start making weird shit. I remember trying to with connects trying to make weird um uh, like 
Do you remember laser discs? Not the format that that you play giant films on, but the sort of weird like holographic discs yeah. that you sort of spin and they make patterns and stuff. I remember trying to make cradles for those that you could then shine a light on to make my room look awesome. Yep, I remember that. And they never really worked because the motor wasn't even powerful enough, or I couldn't make it stable enough unless I built it massive. Yeah. Um, and and also the connect motor was insanely loud. Yeah, it was very loud. Yeah. <laughs> The most successful motorized thing I think I made was using the battery motor pack that came from the Kinect dinosaurs to make like a little buggy that had an extra wheel on it that could um, pick up the little um, bits of fluff on the carpet. <laughs> so, you built a really terrible room there. No, 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 but it didn't clean it. It used the bits, the, the divots to hook on. The, it was like, because it was like um, a pulley wheel, not a proper wheel or anything. So it had like that that sort of ridge in it. So, like, the bits of fluff in the carpet would sort of jam it in there. And because that wheel was turning, it would turn the buggy around and it would go a different direction. <laughs> it was very specific to my living room. It didn't really work <laughs> anywhere else. <laughs> it's very specific to your terrible carpet. Yeah, basically. <laughs> and, you know, just giant men in black guns. That was They were fun to make. Because you could make big things real quick. Hmm. I never did. I always wanted to um, expand upon the shell of the gun that I'd made, so it had like a. Um, the, you remember the Connect Big Ball Factory that I yeah. had, like so, so you could like fire those. Out yeah, you want to be able to launch those balls. Yeah, that was the, trick. the ball launch. I never did. Never did get that working. Well, Connect didn't really let you do that, really. Not as easily as you could with Lego. I suppose I could just tied some elastic band well, and stuff, but it was yeah. it was getting the um, the ramp to be smooth enough. So things just didn't all get all jammed up and stuff. It's like even though I had I had the stuff, I just couldn't get it quite to work. Because was it the big ball factory? Had like rubber pipes you could use to to do that stuff. But yeah, never quite got it to work. Nintendo Labo. Nintendo Labo. It's making us think of better things. Yeah, um, that's the problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh well, but you know. Whatever, Didn't it's it's come up with really cool, crazy new stuff. Nintendo. For all we know, that robot game might actually be awesome. Yeah, who right? knows? We shall see. It's, I mean, it's coming out soon. It's like March-ish. Oh, cool! So, Watch this space uh, then. Yeah, not far away. Uh, so that was basically their 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 extra direct. I suppose it wasn't even really a direct. So I just put that trailer out um, after the mini direct. Um, uh, yeah, what else are we going to talk about? Uh, Xbox Game Pass is getting some improvements uh, to the point where Microsoft have now said that every single first-party exclusive on the on the uh, on the Xbox will be released day in date on Game Pass day and Ooh. date sorry, not day in date um, so it will be um, yeah so things like Sea of Thieves for instance yeah. If you have Game Pass, you will get it day one as part of the pass. Mm. So I'm quite tempted now, because it's like £8, £9 a month or something to run Game Pass. Mm. So when Thieves comes out, I'm probably just going to get it on pass, right? Right, rather than buy it outright. Rather than actually buy it outright, because I might burn the time, my time that I want with that game during the duration of 
for as long as I want to pass. But then I would also get things like, you know, uh, Gears of War 4 that I still haven't got around to playing and things like that would also be on there. Crackdown 3, as soon as that launches, will be on the service as well. Um, and one other game they've already confirmed that they're making next year that I can't remember um, will definitely be on the service day one. And it's, uh, I don't know, it's it's starting to make this thing sound like it's actually a pretty good deal. Mm. But before my criticism has, criticism has been like, oh, actually, the number of games on the service that I want to play is actually relatively small. Um, or I've already acquired them through games of gold. Right, exactly. Um, so if whereas, it's starting to look like better proposition, then... Yeah, there's, you're actually buffing to get the games you probably want would play on an Xbox anyway. Uh, the only downside to Game Pass still, in my eyes, is that... The, it, the game pass is not play anywhere compatible as in the games you might be getting on the service uh, might be play anywhere <coughs> titles like sea of thieves or gears of war mm. but you won't be able to use them on a pc you'll only be you'll only get access to the xbox version oh so like for your forza horizon you wouldn't be yeah so that so that would be a bit of a bugger because it would mean i'd i'd be forced to play the xbox version where whereas i wanted the pc version of horizon so I could use a wheel, right? So I'm still a bit boned on that front, given that Forza is one <laughs> one of the few Microsoft tentpole releases, I guess. Um, though they haven't said whether when Forza Seven would be coming to the service, because they did only say all, all future uh, Microsoft exclusive titles. But mm. it's just a really interesting direction. You know, they're going they're going in hard on this thing, harder than I thought. Yeah, because usually it's been like an extra like bonus thing or whatever, not like the main event, right? Yeah. Yeah, kind of. I mean, it's like, you know, the PlayStation, you need gold to be to be able to play online. You need PlayStation Plus to be able to play online. So a lot of people just have those anywhere in the, anyway, and the sort of value add is the fact that you get games every now and then. Game mm. Pass was like a little, little bonus on top of that. And that if you really do play a lot of stuff and, or you want games to be a bit more throwaway, I suppose. Then it's like, here, here's a back catalogue of stuff you can get access to. As long as it's not EA and you, <laughs> and you don't care about EA titles because EA access, goddammit. Yeah, goddammit. Um, then there's you know, there's a reasonable amount of stuff on there you'd probably want to play if you haven't bought games outright for a while. It's actually a pretty good proposition, say, if you've just got into the Xbox landscape. Right, that's that's where it excels. Right, yeah, yeah. It's if like you're if new you to just console. bought an export, yeah, you're get like, the Game boom. Pass, and it's like, wow, I've got all this stuff. Yeah, you're like for a and it's like okay, pretty great, not bad. Um, for people like me, it's a little bit more questionable because it's like I'm playing what I want to play anyway, and I've got a reasonable back catalogue of stuff on gold that I do want to play, but just I can't get around to. Um, but man, that Sea of Thieves though, <laughs> that might be the one thing that is tempting me in, in this whole shebang. It's just like that Sea of Thieves, man. But if it's one game, then you could just buy out, right, then? Well, maybe. Or you just get the pass for a while, see if it's good. Oh, that's true, I suppose, yeah. Use your trial. (laughs) (coughs) Abuse it a little bit. They have said they might be selling Game Pass cards uh, outside the service as well. So you might be able to get like some sneaky deals, as you sometimes can with gold cards. To be like, oh, I got my 12 months of gold slightly cheaper than I should because someone was selling this card cheap. 
Mm. Um, so it could be even better. Anyway, that's the thing. Uh, what else we got in news? What else is going on? Uh, sticking on the Microsoft side, I suppose, Playground Games, makers of Forza Horizon, are heavily rumoured to be working on the next Fable. Oh. That's a really weird shift, right? <laughs> that is quite strange. I wonder. I mean, Fable... I don't know. I don't know if that even has potential. You might as well just start again and make a new a new RPG world. I don't know why. Yeah, what, I, I, what there is in those... Fable that you'd want to like use, really. <laughs> well, the uh, uh, I guess the analogy that I've heard elsewhere is that Microsoft looked at a game like uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, right? And we're like, oh, someone could make these big open world titles, and you know they do really well, and they've got that they've got an open world exclusive. Ah, what do we do? Mm. And we'll get our closest thing we have to an open world team, right? Forza Horizon team. And we'll get some IP that we have that people will like recognize, and we'll just slam those together and hope for the best, right? Mm. And like forgetting the fact that Horizon was an entirely new project, an entirely new team, new to open world, and then an entirely new IP. It's like it's not. Well, it wasn't entirely new same. IP, right? Because it was Forza, but. Oh, no, 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 but I mean, like, in, in Sony's case, it's like, that's oh, they're right. using oh, Horizon Zero Dawn as, as, as the lesson of, like, here's a, here's a team that we know are good doing something else that they really want to do, uh, and we'll do it on a new IP. Yeah. And we'll, and an exclusive. It's like, this feels like the exact opposite approach, right? It's like, let's take an existing open world team, make a game that, okay, yeah, that's not driving, so it's not in their comfort zone, let's... let's Let's see what they can do. But you've got to make a Fable game. <laughs> Maybe it is going to be a driving game. Fable, Fable, Fable Kart racer. Fable Kart. <laughs> I mean, they were making the Fable, like, um, what was it, horse and cart game or whatever it was called. Hmm. Were they? What? <laughs> that what was the, the Fable on Rails thing, Fable yeah. the Journey. That happened. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. That came out. That was a Connect Rail shooter. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's not on Rails. <laughs> <laughs> totally is on Rails. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this will only be good if they bring back Peter Molyneux and have him do absolutely nothing. Just have him in like like a cage or something. Or he can't even speak. In the ga- yeah, if he's in the <laughs> yeah. game as something you can throw fruit at, then amazing. You've done Potentially, it. Yeah, you've closed the loop. <laughs> or like every every player has to like throw their own fruit, and he's in a like a cube thing, <laughs> and you have to like gradually like break down the. Whittle it down. <laughs> I don't know. What we're slowly whittling down his ego. Is that yeah. what this is? Amazing. I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Yeah. Just a weird rumor. So, like, yeah. It'd be highly probable to be true. Uh, what else is going on? Uh, Yuji Naka, who is uh, credited as being one of the creators of Sonic the Hedgehog. He's been kind of doing his own thing for a long time now. We have limited success on the Wii. Uh, yeah, I don't even, can't even name the games he made, but he did some stuff there, and then he's kind of gone quiet for a while. And he's now supposedly working for Square Enix on something. Squeenix. Yeah. The Squeenix. Just, Good. You know, well, I'm only bringing a- that up as as you know to fulfil our Sonic minute. Go yeah. Yujinaka, make us a not Sonic. Not anything game. to do with Sonic. Well, no, nothing to do with Sonic, but you know, 
Like that guy is an important part of who we are, man. Uh, <laughs> what else is going on? Um, I wanted to talk about something annoying. I don't suppose something it's news, annoying. but it's just a like a topic. Do you know? Do you know what's going on with? I mean, we do know what's going on, but with graphics card prices, have you seen this? Yeah, didn't they? Didn't they skyrocket in if, in the wake of the Bitcoin? But they're still up. They're still up. Like, oh god, they're massively up, and it's like prohibitive now. Like, I mean, obviously they'll go down again eventually, but we're we're talking like multiple months where gamers can't buy cards at 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 a reasonable price. Like, you could go online, and like most pe- most places are sold out. But if you go on like Scan or Overclockers, they just have a two hundred quid markup on what they used to cost. Or whatever, yeah, um, and that's, that's not, and also that's not like common actually for like when a new card comes, a card range comes out. Like I, I remember when was it the yeah the the six eighties or something like that when that that era of Nvidia card they became super scarce. But and, but this isn't uh, just that. This is this is it's not just the scarcity of the manufacturer. It's that they all get instantly bought. Yeah. Um, by the crypto miners and it's these two it's not even bitcoin it's like these new ones elysium or whatever and basically yeah ethereum or whatever it's called yeah i don't even that's how much i care about cryptocurrencies yeah i don't even know but and it the worst thing what's even worse is that the like 1070 which is you know um more affordable than your 1080 Mm. in theory is more if uh, power efficient, so it actually is better for mining. So I they're gone. Buy more of yeah. those than so the they now they now cost almost the same, if not if not more than the um wow. the the ten eighty. So you're basically pri- if you're in the mid range of graphics cards right now, you're priced out completely. You're fucked because because you could buy one, but it would be it would be insane because you're just you're paying way over the odds and who knows what's going to happen in like a couple of months maybe it'll be back down you don't know so, so basically there's nothing you can do right now about graphics true of cards both the nvidia and yep yep amd, AMD and nvidia yeah oh. everyone is screwed currently you can't buy graphics cards right now they're too expensive wow um, so you got in at the right time man cuz well i guess and well, I'm I'm phone, I'm like, <laughs> in theory had i done this uh, the, the right time would have been about two months ago when the TI came out, right? Well, yeah, I guess. But that, that, that but, but the TI is like on launch is is like is oh, is it's like not launch. reasonable. It's it's really yeah. expensive. So like for the average gamer, that's not like a you know a good thing anyway. Really, I mean it is. I mean, but it, I mean the thing is, you don't need a TI unless you're doing right now, unless you're doing VR. Um, well, even then, you can get, but you can do most things with a 1080 easily in VR. It's, uh, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. Unless you're doing, or or maybe you're doing trying to do ridiculous 4K stuff or whatever. Uh, I pushing know, pushing but, 4K 60 is still a struggle. Yeah, 4K 60, for example. But but anyway, the, currently you're screwed. Yeah, Seg, if you want to buy a PC now, you're screwed. And it's really annoying. And there's nothing anyone could do about it. Apparently, so the only news I've got is that Nvidia have sort of issued a statement, like trying to urge. Um, uh, retailers to sell to, to like real gamers, but basically right. that that's bullshit. They don't care. How are they, they gonna they, know? Yeah. Um. So they they don't care how they're selling them as long as you know as long no, as they get the, sold. The retailers are just make uh, are, are making paper. So yeah, it's not gonna it's not gonna stop. Yeah. So basically, there's nothing to be done until these particular cryptocurrencies 
calm down from being because but Bitcoin isn't really mineable by a by a I don't know like that anymore. No. Um, but the, 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 there's always going to be new bloody cryptocurrency, so I don't know. I I kind of I've never really fully grasped the point and how they function and how. They 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 can be sustainable in any way. Any of these cryptocurrencies, well, they all seem they all feel like a like when you start digging into the detail, they all seem like a scam of sorts. Well, they all they're become... not. I mean, the value fluctuates massively. So, like as an investment, they're not the well, best. No, as idea. a currency, they fail, right? Because simply because of that, right? Yeah, if you were to but that could in... be true of like a all... that could be true of a normal currency, like. Like like the Zimbabwe currency or whatever is fucked or whatever. Like it's not the sure, fact that they're sure. cryptocurrencies that makes them fucked currencies, or like they're just as good as a currency, arguably well, as anything else. There are certain, there are things about how blockchain processing work that means that like say uh, there's some there's something about and I don't know the detail on this, so I might be getting this a little bit wrong. But it's like normally when you do it when you if you're using normal ass money and you. Yeah. But based money, <laughs> and you uh, uh, and you make a transaction. Like the the point of like that transaction is sealed, regardless of what you're about to do. Is is at that point someone the hand is, hands are shaked, basically shaken, or someone's clicked pay now. Right? It's like right, then everything right, right. at that moment in time is locked, is locked and done. With blockchain, that's not true. And if you've purchased something that involves a, like a conversion of currency or something like that. The value can change over the course of the blockchain validation, right? And so it's only at the end of the validation that the actual that the uh, thing transaction is, 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 is like, actually is like done. Happened. So, yeah. like over the course of a few hours or however long it takes for actual validation to to take place in blockchain, now mm. it's like the value of what you've purchased could be wildly different. Which I makes suppose the it could have changed. Currency a gamble. But I guess the theory is that the value doesn't fluctuate that much within that an hour crazy. or a couple yeah. of hours. And the advantage it, is that still, the, the, the that your transaction is widely published, right, in a way that isn't necessarily true with real money, right? Because like there's no way to like say that that transaction didn't happen because everyone on the blockchain over those hours gets informed ish. Well, at least it becomes so widely public that that transaction that there's no way to like un Undo to it, like say that didn't happen yeah. or screw you over. Yeah. Oh, but then there's more problems with like the um uh have you heard about the control issue over it where it's like if you if someone manages to have a majority share in blockchain processing, right? You effectively have a majority. You you effectively have total control over what transactions can and can't happen. I guess that's true, but I guess and the people theory are getting is that close, there's, there's like oh, a group really? or something that's getting getting closer and closer to actually hitting that point. But you'd have to uh, have like to gain. You'd have to have like fifty one percent majority, right? And then at hmm. that point, you can basically say. Can fuck everything, I don't right? want the I don't want these transactions to happen, and then that puts the whole. Even if they they are behaving reputably, there still becomes a trust issue there, right? And it's like we have to absolutely trust that you are running these correctly. Yeah, but no one would fuck with it because that would just decimate Break the, the currency. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. it would. It would it's like that is it. that is hopefully the upside. It's just I don't know. The whole thing just feels like a complete mess, and it's like and, and to the point where it's I still I don't get the benefit of it over money. 
It's like, uh, why does it exist? At this point, why does it exist? Money just seems to function. <laughs> well, I mean, with this current situation, the, the truth is, unfortunately, you can buy a fuck ton of graphics cards and then you can have your computer on all the time and you can actually sell that back for real money. In the current situation, you can do that, which is annoying. Yeah, but not really. Yeah, yeah but people are. That's why there aren't any graphics cards. <laughs> yeah, but only people who have an insane amount of initial investment. It's not like you can do it. It's not no, like any old no. person can buy two graphics cards and be like, yeah, no, no. Bitcoin's. <laughs> And it's also isn't the whole mining philosophy random lottery anyway? Like, oh, oh yeah. Get... Well, it's not just random lottery. It's also like first come, first served almost. Like yeah. you have to report the blockchain result back to the block before anyone else. So you have to have like the you... best internet connection as well, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. all that stuff. <laughs> it's just it's which, which I I guess the argument is that it drives competition, right? That's the that's the goal in this, so that everyone should be boosting their power. Thing. But then. The amount of energy that must be being wasted on yeah, that's, running this. Yeah, that's my biggest issue is apparently like Bitcoin, oh sorry, cryptocurrencies in general like use more power than Denmark. Wow. Which is just insane, right? That's I mean, a I mean, I don't understand why they don't seem to care how all these hipsters and all their Bitcoins or cryptocurrencies don't seem to care that they're destroying the planet. It doesn't make any sense to me because you're mm. literally just wasting, like, like you're solving mathematical puzzles for no reason, right? Other than like there's this perceived value created. Security. Yeah. yeah. But it's like you're just heating up the planet. You know, pointlessly. It's not you're not I don't know. I suppose technically like we're all heating up the planet by watching TV or whatever, but well, like at like least te- we're getting some entertainment out of it. Yeah. Well technically what you're doing is currency transfer, right? You're paying for electricity and turning that payment into a different type of money. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not. A, I've never been a fan of this whole thing. I'm, I'm a fan of the idea of single currency, and I kind of it's, always have been. Yeah, like the, the idea of getting rid of multiple currency types globally. I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, but I mean, it's kind of a cool idea to have value in a form that's based on trust, just between peers, and not with like governments and financial institutions i think that's the main draw for not draw for me but thing that interests me is like it's not down to you know it it's just it's completely democratized right and it's that yeah, value yeah. has nothing to do with with like borders or or banks or or governments or anything there it's just purely based on this on what we decide to assign value to based on this blockchain, right? Yeah, it's kind of a cool idea, but, but then the, I don't. I'm not into the downsides of it, though. No. It's, it's, it's then, if you, then if you put it in another, another bro, you want to look at it technologically. What purpose does the blockchain have outside of this? It has no. Well, what they should have done is monetize folding at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, if you can monetize that, but that's the, that's the thing, is that you know, that never works, does it? <laughs> I don't know if you're. I mean, that actually would be almost the perfect solution right like folding at home in, in in many ways was actually one of the is one of the best devised ideas ever yeah so like you know crowd couldn't get get as much computation as you can on an incredibly difficult problem is, is that thing still running maybe but not in the form that it used to i'm sure yeah but even if like the incentives were like hey you get like a like a dollar every now and then 
and that was how the research fund paid for this project rather than paying supercomputer time and it still worked out as cheaper for them than running a super than their own computer stash to do so then yeah go for it right why not throw that in as into the mix yeah Then you'd be getting these Bitcoin miners to actually spend all their ridiculous hardware on helping someone. <laughs> Ugh. Anyway, just big rant about graphics cards and that you can't yeah. buy them. God damn. <laughs> Ruining video games for everyone. Yeah. It's basically, actually, it's going to be console what, time what, what, for a while. what we're saying is don't buy a PC, buy a console right now. <laughs> right now, that's, that's the only thing to do because you're basically screwed. Console. Yeah. Which is oh, goddamn. Not buying a PC anyway. Goddamn. I'll just have to look at the graphics card prices slightly more closely. Yeah, just watch out. Uh, you're not. Oh, what are you running? You're running a six six seventy six seventy. Mm, yeah. So it will be bottlenecking. Wait, it's not, it's not just that. It's the whole rest of the PC that's seven years old. Yeah. It's like well, everything on my PC is a bottleneck at this point. At least with graphics cards, you can uh, you can at least. The graphics card is like the easiest thing in the system to upgrade, right? Yeah, that's true. Buy the entire I don't want to do that and... now. Yeah. If I'm going to get, I don't want to just get a new graphics card at this point. I need the whole. Yeah. I know, no, but you could buy the entire rest of the frame and then get the cards when the price becomes reasonable. I guess you just won't see the uh, immediate benefit, I suppose, or it won't be quite as. I was about to say pungent. <laughs> that's, that's not right at all. Not quite as pungent. <laughs> Well, it wouldn't be quite as pleasant because there'd be slightly less electronic, new burning. electronic smell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you'd be burning that factory crust off it. <laughs> right, anyway, what have you been playing? <laughs> yeah. Zeg, what have you been playing? Well, I've played... I had a, two weeks where I played something new right at the start, right at the end, and in the middle there was another thing. <laughs> like, it's been a very precisely separated... Two weeks. Very organised. With like some big gaps in between those three segments as well. So pretty much literally immediately after the last podcast, <laughs> I played that the demo on the Switch of Dragon Quest Builders. Right. Yeah. That Dragon Quest Minecraft knockoff thing. <laughs> yeah. That it conceptually sounds pretty cool. I love the story setup for this thing. <laughs> Like, well, it's like yeah. no, everyone's forgotten how to build stuff. It's, it's kind of cool, it. apart from it immediately doesn't make any fucking sense. Well, of course it doesn't. Well, no, not just like from a conceptual standpoint. It's like you go to the world and it's like, oh, nobody knows how to make shit any longer. And then the first person you come across, you you're, you're like, oh my god, you know how to make them. You know how to make things. Show me. And then you show them how to make one thing, and then suddenly they know how to make things again. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, it's like, apparently it's not actually that much of a problem. It's like, you only need to show someone how to make a bed, and then suddenly they just know how to make things. So actually, in this world, they don't. They just don't have any teachers. Well, yeah. That's what it's actually about. That's it's a game the, about the teaching crisis. Yes, that isn't the actual thing. It's like, you're the only person who can start that chain of knowledge, I guess. Huh. And because all the remaining people have spread out all over the place, there's no central. You have to attract them to your town, mm. and then you can tell them how to make a bed, and then they'll be good. But yeah, it is exactly what it appears to be. It's just like you know, mine stuff, and you build things, and it does have. It has a like. It's it's <laughs> like how Terraria was the two D Minecraft, but with more gameplay. This is like Terraria, but back in three D again, but with less. <laughs> right. So it's a bit 
halfway housey in yeah. your opinion. It's like you know you build specific arrangements of of furniture in a room, and it becomes a specific type of room that has a specific purpose. And different MP like the NPCs that you attract to the town will interact with the room to do things. Because apparently, once they learn how to make things, they can just do it constantly. Like if you make a workshop, and and uh, like I think it seems like every functional room revolves around having at least one chest in it mm. because once you have one of these functional rooms at the end of the day your npcs just deposit bonus items in them depending on what type of room it is so like if you have a kitchen you just get extra food just appears in the chest at the end of the day can you get bonus ducks <laughs> quite possibly so yeah it's like the whole point is to build up your town but then it the actual like bonus of building up your account is that you just get extra stuff for free I guess and then you can reinvest that into making your account better I suppose oh my god the cat's just walked next to me right? her breath smells really bad <laughs> it's like wow that's bad that is like you know the smell cat food mate <laughs> and then you mix it with stubble burner <laughs> well apparently you'd better be careful when you go cat food shopping tomorrow from yeah. what you buy yeah I forgot to buy cat food I meant to get. I meant. I meant to go get cat food. No, I totally didn't buy cat food. I bought pizza <laughs> instead. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so anyway, <laughs> sorry about that. Yeah, cat intervention. Uh, yeah, I guess I played that that whole demo, and that's it. It's like it seems like it might have been slightly interesting, but it, you know, probably isn't as complicated as it may have been. It's like it's probably quite simple. It's hard mm. to tell though. And also, I know this is kind of a situation of like the thing they, the like the design of the game that they made, but because it's third person, it kind of makes it not very easy to build a house. Like when it says you have to make a room, and then you put the certain objects in the room, and it becomes a functional type of room. Rooms do not include a ceiling. <laughs> Right. It's just a too high wall around a space, and then you put things in it because it's third person, so there's not really any not any need for a ceiling. Well, it's because you would be able to see <laughs> if it's unless. I mean, there is like a couple of caves that you can go in, and the camera is like you know awkward, and so it's like yeah, you probably would want to have to deal with this, but you know you could have just made it go into first person mode or something, or just have a toggle. <laughs> Where build mode is more of a menu-driven thing, maybe, or cursor-driven? Or... No, I mean, it's not. That's the trouble as well. You have to physically build stuff. I mean, it does at least sort of help you. Like, if you initiate building a wall and you just hold down the button, firstly, it automatically stacks too high, mm. so it just puts the second block on top. And while you're holding down the button, it locks you into straight lines. So you can just neat. strafe sideways and build a full-length wall in one row. Yeah, okay. Helpful. So, so that's at least sort of useful. So has this demo piqued your interest? Not really. No? I mean... Fail, fail demo. Not for the price that I'm asking for it, I'm sure. Well, yeah, because what is it? It's a, well, I don't think it was a full price title when it launched, but what is it? Still like 30 quid or something? Yeah. Yeah. Nintendo tax. And also, you know, there's no... I don't give a shit about Dragon Quest. <laughs> yeah, sure. Slimes. Yeah, there were slimes. You hit him, and you get slime gun glow. Get him. There was a dragon. I guess that's the other part of Dragon Quest. Wow. 
And then, because it's a demo, it's like they've clearly put in, left in this dragon to be like, oh, look, there's a dragon, even though it's in a bit of the map that the demo never tells you to go to. Mm. Like, if you're an explorer, you find the dragon. And it's like, well, you can technically fight it, but the only weapon you have does one damage, so be prepared to stand there and beat it up, beat it up for, like, two whole goddamn days in-game. <laughs> and use two entire weapon durabilities. Have to have a spare weapon and switch to halfway through because you're only really doing one damage. You're very slowly whittling down itself, and then when you eventually kill it, you get a nice couch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, there was that. Uh, and then the middle thing that filled the middle section of the two weeks was I actually went and played through properly Steamroll T2. No sequence breaking this time. Right. Actually, do it for real. So so. And how did your experience differ? Well, it wasn't as much that I missed as I thought. It's like the bit that you skip is like it's a specific map because there's the way the map is laid out. There's like the mine shaft in the middle. There's like the temple on the right, and then there's like the jungle on the left. So there's these three zones, and then the bit that you skip, I thought was a separate zone, and it technically is. But it's more like a set piece. It's more like a dungeon. It's not like the. It's not like the regular map, really. Mm. I mean, there's still bits that you dig through, and it's still tile based and everything. But <laughs> it's more like a like a mission. You go in there, and it's it's also a self section. <laughs> so you know, self sections. Everyone loves them. Mm. And there's an achievement for getting through it without without setting off the alarm or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. It wasn't too much of a trouble. Okay. And it's not very long, so that's why like, I thought it was bigger than it was, but it's not really. It's just like this little mini set piece, and then you you go in and you go out. Actually, it's kind of weird. Like, you go in there, and I was expecting... I, yeah, I was expecting more story to happen than it actually did. In fact, I'm not sure what you really learn by going in there. Mm. I mean, I guess you come back out into the place where you get the jetpack, I guess. <laughs> But I was expecting to get the jetpack in there. I thought that was the point of going in there. It was like right. you were going in there to get that technology that you need. But it turns out you don't. You just <laughs> you get the jetpack outside afterwards because you just happen to teleport to where the jetpack is. It's not like the and the jetpack is still it, it's not like special technology. It's still just a regular upgrade station or whatever. It's just you just couldn't have got to this upgrade station without having to go through this place, but you you don't really seem to have any other purpose to go to the place. You don't learn any other information, really. Hmm. Except, I guess, when you come back out, your companion robot dude who's, who had to plug himself into the system to get you inside in the teleporter, he, he learns where the free devices are that you destroy if you're doing the yeah, the sequence break. Okay, right. So that's how you're meant to discover where those are. But that's not really... That didn't seem necessary for you to go in there and go through this whole thing. <laughs> like, you could have dejected the system for a couple of seconds and got that information, it seems like. <laughs> so, it's, yeah. It's like... Well, it's just Mission Impossible, isn't it? you got to get to the, the one terminal that has the knock list on it. Yeah, except not really, because you don't do anything... In fact, the whole thing that you do when you're in the place that you get teleported into is basically just run through it. It's like the first section, you're just falling down a giant shaft. Then you've got the stealth section where you have to avoid the detection of the robots that turn on if you get too close. And then at the end, all the robots turn on and you just have to flee and then you get teleported out and that's it. <laughs> it's like, okay, that had no no story significance at all, really. 
Unless you count the bit where the where it does a fake like loading screen or whatever, where the screen glitches out and then some computer text appears and says things which you can read and if you interpret it, you might say, "Oh, uh, yeah, that, I guess that does tell you a marginal amount of stuff about the story, but not really." <laughs> <coughs> so you didn't you didn't miss out then? Really. No, not really. I'd already seen basically everything. Did it get easier now you had the tools that you missed, like? Well, the jetpack does make things very, very easy. Hmm. Like, way, almost too easy. Especially when you get the jetpack. There's two upgrades. There's the upgrade that I accidentally <coughs> nearly got myself stuck sequence breaking to for the jetpack. That upgrade hmm. lets you basically fly through soft rocks. Like, any tile that counts as soft, you just mash, mash through. through. So yeah. that makes it pretty easy. And then the final upgrade that you get from paying, like on the upgrade station, the final, it's very expensive, but the last upgrade for the jetpack essentially makes it infinite, so you can just fly forever, hmm. which makes it even easier. I was like, that's maybe a bit much. <laughs> <laughs> but by that point, you've seen most of everything anyway, I guess. Yeah, so it's just about mop. It helps you mop up, I suppose, if you've missed anything. or Yeah. So I also got all the artifacts scattered around the world. But then I haven't done the stupid ultimate trial or whatever, because that's way too difficult. It seems like the whole it's like generally the game is quite easy, but then they put all the ridiculous shit into the last into the secret ultimate trial, which is just way too hard. It's the exact opposite. It's like stand on this moving platform as it goes down this corridor and avoid a million like little firebolts shooting at you from every goddamn angle. It's like that's not really great. And then that's only one part of the ultimate trial. Of course, the actual secret to the ultimate trial of like the thing that tells you that it's way too ridiculous is that that's where they that's where they basically put in the sequence break tricks as if they had been in the previous game because like the previous game's sequence break had that incredibly precise jump you had to do. Like, it was like a double wall jump and you had to like curve round a corner or whatever. It was really awkward, which is why I didn't do it in the first game. Whereas in this game, the sequence break is well easy. But in the ultimate trial of this game, there's a whole section which is just about really dodgy wall jumps and like hmm. precise angles where you have to know. Like, because uh, I was trying to do. There's a bit where you have to like jump up, do like back and forth wall jumps three times. Except they're like the walls are too far apart. So you can't gain height just by wall jumping between them like you normally would. So I, I was trying to do it by like sprinting up, doing a double wall jump on one wall, and then using the momentum to get back across to the other wall. And that works for like the first one, but then I couldn't chain that onto the second one. And it turns out there's just like there's another glitch in the wall jumping that I didn't know about, which was even more difficult to pull off than like the dodgy corner wall jump and stuff. Where like if you wall jump at the exact moment you hit the wall, you go up a lot more for no apparent reason. <laughs> Weird. And I was like, I I didn't know that, so there was no way I could have possibly done that trial because I never. That, there's no way to discover that without just seeing someone else do it. Really, mm. is that thing just built for speedrunners? Do you reckon, like to to ruin the 100 percent run? <laughs> Maybe. And yeah, you get the achievement for the ultimate trial or whatever, ah. the pride achievement. I mean, I expect I could do it eventually. It just take a long time, and I'm not sure if it requires you to do it all in one go exactly. Because every time you go in there, it seems to randomise what part of the trial you start on. Oh right, weird. 
So I'm not sure whether you, if you complete one part of it and then die in the next part and then go back in, does that count as completing that part? I don't know. Mm. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. So there's that. I, mean, I guess I've done sufficient. I could theoretically try and... Because I didn't get the... There's an achievement for getting gold in each of the f four different stats or whatever, like money and then secrets and then wealth. Money and wealth. Well, no, hang on. Money as well. Speed would be the last one. I, okay. did, I didn't get speed because it's like, you know. Also, that achievement doesn't tell you how fast the speed run is. Mm. But, you know, you just what, get, up, You mean get all, high rank in all of those things simultaneously? Well, there's also an achievement for that. Oh, wow. Which I'm not sure whether that is that. It might, does it mean just get them all, have, does it mean that you need to have had gold in all of those at some point? Or does it literally mean do all of them in one run? Mm. Oh, the fourth category is no deaths. That's what it was. I don't right. Know. Number of deaths. I got that. The only one I didn't get was speed. Speed? But I don't know if I can be bothered to play that one again. <laughs> No, I mean, if normally if you've gone through something twice, that's normally like a fairly decent amount of like you you played that game a bit, yeah, right, yeah, you you you've, you've given it a pretty decent shake, and also you know once you, I guess it's like that's the speed category, but once you know what you're doing, it's much quicker to do it. Sure. <laughs> I did get through it much quicker the second time through, but not quick enough. I expect this. I have a feeling that probably getting the speed run probably requires the sequence break, or at least the sequence break makes it much easier to get gold in everything. Probably because mm. I did um, when I did the sequence break, I did still get enough money, even though I guess technically I did still explore everything. Just not that bit. The the bit that I skipped doesn't really have any money in it. I suppose. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's other secret skips as well that aren't like sequence breaks, but they're just like you don't need to go this way. You can there's a way of shortcutting the whole thing. Go well, this way. I mean, you probably could skip quite a lot of the non-essential upgrades. You probably could not bother going to get the long grappling hook. I guess probably <laughs> might be some trick to it. And then the third thing I played towards this end of this week. Has been Subnautica because that came out of early access and I already knew about it, but I had I avoided its early access because I, from what I'd seen, it was like this looks very early access. This Although also it's been in early access for a really long time. It has been on my Steam like homepage for a friggin' eight like I, for as long as I can remember the Steam page looking like how it does now. <laughs> I wonder why it's recommended back to you. Though. Yeah, that's the question. I know. Because it's not doesn't fit any of the usual categories for ROM, I guess. Not really. Not survival engineering. Survival open world thing, I guess. Yeah. That's, and it didn't appear that often on mine. I mean, I'd seen it a few times, but not constantly. <laughs> God, I mean, actually, more recently, I I don't think I'd seen it. So as it actually came out, <laughs> I think it probably fell off my list. <laughs> okay. Like, but there was, there was definitely a phase where it was always in the first couple of pages of its recommendations or something. Hmm. Bizarre. Yeah. I've, I've seen some parts of the early access, but the, tr the other thing about its early access and the other thing that makes it slightly 
different to all the other open world survival games that have been coming out lately, is that it does actually have a storyline that... I think that it just, I, I knew nothing about it. I never really looked into it, except when I saw you playing it. I was like, okay, what, what yeah. is, what's the hook to this that has got Zach interested? And you know what? It, I don't say this about a lot of survival games. This, this, it looks like it has something, right? The underwater trick is nice, yeah. right? It's, like, it's a cool little thing. The fact that it's about you crash landing on alien things, you got like alien fish and stuff. And it's like, <laughs> yes. The, 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 but it's slightly more interesting. Yeah. It's got, it's got, you know, it's got a pretty rad look to it. Yeah, uh, it's like really neat, sort of neat thing. And I, and the way the story trailer sets it up, and that you you might uh, like correct me if I'm wrong, but the game seems, it seems to make it look like like if you if you die as it, you could return and find ruins of the last person, or or is it like a completely new world each time? Yeah, I'm it, not sure about how you, that actually works. Maybe hmm. well, firstly, I haven't actually you haven't died. died so. Okay, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't experienced the death from the first person, but also like. I mean, there is a hardcore mode, so there is a difference between dying and actually dying, I guess. Mm. <laughs> like, you, presumably when you die normally, you just respawn. I guess. Somehow, in an unexplained way. Mm. But also, the other thing that makes it suggest that there might be some kind of cyclical something is that you find time capsules in the world... They seem to be from the devs, though, so it might just right. be like see, their, their know, message thing, yeah, collectibles, like little backstory, you know, background information about the game development or whatever. Hmm. Or sometimes it's just it's know, like a comedy. Rogue, it's not like a Rogue Legacy room. No, <laughs> not exactly. So, and this is, I guess, I sort of got spoiled myself. But supposedly, at the end of the game, you do get to make a time capsule, but I don't know what that implies. Hmm. <laughs> Because there's, I can't remember what other game it was that did it, but there was another game that did something. It must have been one of the roguelikes. There was another game that did something similar, where like when you died or when you got to the end of the game as a character, you could send a set. Oh, it was retiring in Torchlight. You right, could retire yes. your character, but you could send a certain number of items onto a new character yeah, to give yeah. them like a starting bonus. Mm. So I wonder if it might be something like that, maybe. Yeah, or maybe I mean, it would be really great if it gave it to not just not you, not yeah, you. yeah, some other. You but I'm have, pretty like, sure like this game solid. doesn't have any internet connection. Right, it's not right. multiplayer or anything. Sure, it's just single player. But I don't know. So yeah, I don't. I'm not sure entirely sure how that's going to turn out. Mm. And I'm also not sure if the world has any random generation or whether it is a set map. I probably should just start a new game and see if it looks exactly the same or not. Yeah, yeah. That would tell me that real quick. Or if you're in, are you in the same place or are you on a different part of the map, maybe? You know, maybe the map's big enough that it's well, where you start could be. Um, the trouble is that the way you progress through it, it, it kind of needs to be laid out in a kind of similar way. Right. Like you need to have the shallows where you start and then the, up, the first few upgrades need to be not too deep and sort yeah. of not too far away. So there needs to be some amount of, like, even if it is randomly generated, the biomes still need to be kind of laid out the same, maybe. More or less. But I don't know. I guess I can just find that out. But <laughs> but yeah, the, it does have a fairly neat kind of story to it that guides you along a bit and has some backstory, which makes it nice. 
Mm. It's not just an open world. Yeah, a bit more drive to what you're doing. Although it does seem to like have a kind of a mid-game lull, which I'm kind of running into, and it's kind of sucks. Because right right at the start, obviously, firstly, you're like discovering everything new because you've never played the game before, and that's just inherently new. Yeah, that's always the coolest part of these sorts of games. But then also, you're like, it seems like early in the game, you're getting a lot of you know blueprints for stuff. New ob- new objects, new items that you can make, and that's interesting. But then that kind of tails off as you get into the middle section, where you're only occasionally finding new things, and that also coincides with like the story kind of tailing off, or well, not exactly. Because there's, I mean, are you finding it harder to pro- progress? Is that like there's a there's a there's a like a hump to get over? I don't think it's then... harder to progress, really. It, I... Or longer to get to the next checkpoint or something or well no i don't think so milestone i suppose it's just it feels more dangerous to progress has been my main problem right (laughs) maybe because i mean it's i guess it's only natural but as soon as you start going down like three or four hundred meters it's like now you really actually kind of feel like it's dangerous Mm. like in the first couple of hundred meters if you you know you could just go up and you're fine (laughs) right beyond that now you're fucked And it's, it feels real. It feels dodgy with like when you're using your little mini submersibles or whatever. And it like if this thing takes enough, it's, it seems kind of unnecessary. But if this submarine takes enough damage that I have to abandon it, I might as well just stay in it and die because I'm going to die anyway. <laughs> it's like you may as well have not had your ability to eject and escape because functionally you're still dead. <laughs> Because you wouldn't be able to get. Because you wouldn't be able to get to the surface in time before your oxygen runs out. Mm. Like that just makes it feel more dangerous, even though it's probably you know irrelevant unless you're playing hardcore, I suppose. <laughs> and also, I find that's why it, I assume there's no bends. Well, yeah, that's the other thing <laughs> that I find weird is that like the first little submersible you get can only go down 200 meters before it destroys itself and gets mm. crashed. Whereas you, you can swim wherever the fuck you want. <laughs> Apparently your diving suit is way more capable than an actual submarine. That's pretty dumb. Apart from you don't have the air supply to go that far, so you basically have to use the submarine to take you down and then get out and do whatever the fuck you need to do. Which is also awkward. I think it's real awkward because like, you want to scan things or pick things up. Mm. You have to jump out of your submarine to do it. <laughs> Oh right! Like the submarine doesn't have a grabber arm or a scanning device. It's all it's your personal ones. Yeah, that's, that's a bit weird. You could, could, can you like point it out the glass window? Yeah, you think so? <laughs> I mean, you do eventually get a mech suit which has hands, so you can pick shit up in that. Hmm. Still can't scan. <laughs> it's like I kind of want to like take my scanner and throw it on the floor and see if I can pick it up with the mech hand. But that's not going to work. It will just put it in the inventory. Right. <laughs> be way more helpful though yeah that seems like a little bit of a flaw it's kind of i mean it's weird and it's kind of okay the only trouble the main trouble with it is like the slight amount of lag you get every time you enter or exit the thing the animation seems to like not be totally smooth so you're like as soon as you get in or out Mm. it's like that's not very helpful because you're doing it constantly. The weird, weird thing about this game is like when you say things like that, I get a little bit worried because this game is also selling itself as a VR title. Yeah, and it's like and if those animations are jerky enough, that's going to be quite awkward, right? Yeah, or, or maybe it's maybe the jerkiness helps because you're not having to have a swimmy motion to get in. Yeah, maybe because it's almost like a hard cut. Yeah, <laughs> almost. 
Yeah, I'm not sure how that would work. In, I mean, yeah, getting in and out of the submersible constantly in VR probably wouldn't be very good. Mm. Probably wouldn't be a very enjoyable experience to constantly have to not be in that cockpit and then be in that cockpit and then go in and out. Piloting the big submarine in VR probably would be fucking awesome. Mm. Maybe because you'd be able to see the goddamn controls easier. Yeah, right, it, yeah. I mean, field of view, I may... I may be a person who plays with a very low field of view, according to some people. Yeah, what, what is it? Well, it started... I, sub-90. I, yeah. Way sub-90. I left sub-90, it at default. yeah. I left it at default initially, but then I turned it up a bit, but only to, like, 75. That's about my usual. Hmm. I think the default was probably a bit low <laughs> for a change. <laughs> Usually I leave everything on default. But, yeah, I was like, okay, I may be a person who plays with quite a low field of view, but... These controls are still really convenient because basically when you're piloting the sub, you have the control stick, which is irrelevant because you're just using WASD or whatever <laughs> to actually control the movement. But it's basically got a giant heads-up display on the entire front dome, which has controls that you have to click on to do things. It's like, this is all not fully right. in my field of view. <laughs> so this is a... It sounds a little bit like something that was a little too VR-designed for a game that could be played without. Possibly. But it would be pretty cool. I mean, I, you know, maybe a, maybe a couple of shortcut keys would be nice uh, for a couple of the things. And all you need is a is an unobtainable graphics card, <laughs> yeah, and then exactly. a grand's worth of VR kit, and you'll be fine. But on the plus side, that actually we did some, like it seems to be pushing Oculus more than Steam, so two hundred quid's worth of VR. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a slightly cheaper one. On the plus side with that submarine, the options that it does have are actually cool. Like it, it's like a full-on goddamn submarine where you can like you set the speed of the engine, and then if you go too fast, then it makes too much noise. But then you can turn on silent running; it uses more power. Yeah. And then like you have a shield, and you have a sonar pulse. And you... So it's become a little bit like affordable space adventures, but in a proper sub. Yeah, kind of. Except full-on goddamn submarine. Nice. Also, kind of like how pointful is any of this? <laughs> Yeah, right. Because <laughs> it doesn't really tell you what the usage of this stuff is. Like, I don't know if anything really reacts to sound, maybe. Like, can I be stealthy? I don't actually know. Because <laughs> hmm. it doesn't really tell you. The only thing that's definitely useful is the sonar pulse, because it lets you see way further than you could actually see, of hmm. course, because it's dark <laughs> underwater. <laughs> and also the sonar pulse does... It doesn't just show up landscape, it also shows up the enemies as well. Hmm. So you can you can see enemies way further away and be like, yeah, I'm not going that way. There's something big over there. <laughs> I'll go around it. And yeah, the submarine also is unnecessarily large. I think maybe hmm. almost inconveniently, like it's quite hard to turn around if you're in a small-ish canyon. <laughs> and it has like collision sensors, so you can tell if you're about to run into things. But it pops up a giant warning, and you're like, okay, I better not driving exactly that direction. Hmm. And it also has like three different camera angles you can switch to. Be like, oh, I'm going to look at the rear camera to see if there's something behind me, which isn't actually helpful because then you stop moving. And <laughs> if something's chasing you, you don't want to do that, obviously. But yeah, yeah. So that mid-game lull of the story, kind of, I don't know, because there's it's sort. It's sort of like three different segments of story running simultaneously to start with. Because you have like the survival crash landing element mm. where you're just like, I've oh, got the goddamn survive and find, and like the other survivor rescue pods send out messages and you can go and see what happened to them and salvage those. Okay. Then there's like related to that, there's like the dealing with the wreckage of your crash ship because it might explode. 
although well, obviously it's not actually going to explode because you know it's a race against time <laughs> <laughs> it's a race against time but there's, so there's going into the, that bit of wreckage and looting that at some point and then there's the story of why you even ended up on this goddamn planet and why the ship crashed there in the first place that's mm. the main main story yeah and then there's like this secondary story about some other survivors way before you who also crashed at this place and you can find all their habitats that they built in various places around huh. the world but then once you get to this mid-game point you basically you do all the you do all your survivor pods you do all the previous survivor pods you do the crashed ship and then the main story is just like all you have to go on is a single text document that says this alien facility is probably about here and that's it <laughs> and you have to pretty much just find it yourself and there doesn't seem to be any like secondary parts to that story it's just like you just have to find it just gotta go just go do a thing and luckily i mean it was it was lucky that i explored as much as i did i guess because i went so it, I used the first of these text clues that was like, go to this, go in this direction from here and go to the certain depth and it will probably be about here. So I went and did that and I was like, I went down and I was like, oh, look, there's some alien, there's some alien stuff over there. So I'll just quickly make a little base here so I can have a staging outpost and go and deal with this alien stuff. And I went over there, insert the mysterious alien tablet that opens the force field, mm-hmm. go in there, scan some things. And I was like, wow, this is real tiny there doesn't seem to be practically anything here i guess that's just that but then of course it wasn't just that the 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 actual alien facility was like quite a lot further away down another cave network i mean i wouldn't have even found if i hadn't been like i just want to go down there and see if there's any interesting resources Hmm. and it's like if i hadn't gone down there and looking for resources because i was about to leave and i was like i want to harvest some resources to take with me to the next base because the resources are based on depth, essentially. Mm. And I knew I'd be going to somewhere new that was going to be deeper. So I was like, I need to harvest some of the resources at this depth to take with me. So I went down this cave, and I was like, oh, wait, this is the actual alien facility, not that other tiny one that I was at. Yeah. <laughs> it was like, oh, that would have sucked if I hadn't have gone here. Because yeah. this is like where the main story happened. Also, I wonder what would have happened if I hadn't have gone to that facility and I'd like skip to the next one. Because going into that facility triggers story... To, to happen. <laughs> so it's like if I skip that story one. step. Oh, well, if you didn't if you didn't go to the little one. No, to the big one. Like if I did, hadn't discovered where the big one actually was, and I just assumed that the little one was that. Was the big one? Then what would have happened if I'd skipped that story step? Probably nothing. Well, I mean, in can theory, you skip it? Like, do you, do you think you could skip it? Because you think that certain areas would just be accessible. I think you probably could stick, skip skip it because there doesn't seem to be anything. Because like the alien tablets that I was using to open the door, it was weird because to open the door to that little facility, you needed an orange tablet. And the only reason I had an orange tablet was because I completed like the previous survivor's story because there was one of, there was one orange tablet in the last one of their bases. Hmm. So the only reason I had that tablet to open that door was because I'd done that. But the others, the the actual facility, you didn't need anything to get in. There was no things in there that seemed to imply that you needed to take stuff with you there was just a few things to scan and then a story thing happened there was no like blue tablet or something that you get in that base <laughs> it was like so you probably could skip it and i was like well that's weird what hmm. would happen if i'd skip that who knows so yeah. strange yeah it's kind of weird but you know i feel like 
the story petering out is maybe sort of intentional, like because now I'm at the point where I don't need to worry about survival really any longer, I guess. Except for big things. Except for the big monsters that I just avoid, I suppose. Because I like, I have all, I have an. Well, I don't know if I have all the tech because presumably there will still be some more as I go even deeper. And there's a couple of resources that I haven't seen in the wild yet, so I don't, you know, pick those up and maybe I'll discover a bunch of blueprints or something. <laughs> Suddenly learn what to do with it. But yeah, I don't know. It feels like this sort of middle area is just like now you can just build as much base as you want to prepare yourself for the final push <laughs> or whatever collect resources and get ready although also again with the base building aspect there's some things that i don't really understand what the point is because there's i mean obviously there's a clear decoration category where it's like here's all the random bullshit you can build for no reason <laughs> just make sure. things look nice but there's some things that you can build where it's like, I'm not entirely sure whether there's any reason to do this, like the alien containment unit. You can build a, like, like a big, it's like a big fish tank, except you already get a fish tank. You get a fish tank that you can just put fish in for no reason. Pretend you have a really large fish tank, yes, like right also. outside. Yeah. You have the fish tank you can store, store fish in for no particular reason, but then the alien containment, if you put fish in, they will also breed. So I guess that's like... You could use that for a food source, I um, guess, um, except something. you already have, by this point, have way better food sources than that. Mm. But then the other reason to use the alien containment is you can put, like, eggs that you find in the world, you can put them into the alien containment and then they'll hatch, but they just seem to be the eggs for the species that already exist in the world, and there doesn't seem to be any reason to breed yeah, captive be. versions of, like, you can breed, you can take the, like, eggs of the shark equivalent monster mm. and put them in the alien containment and breed tame sharks it's like why <laughs> apart from it looking cool why would why do you need to do that yeah it's a way well, interesting though that does make me if they're specifically tame versions that does sound like something that might be helpful maybe you get a shark posse well, you take them and take them down with you. Fight things. I mean, I did kind of think that maybe initially, but you can just you just release them into the one. They just go off and do their own thing. Except they won't attack you won't any attack longer. You. I guess maybe maybe they spread the tameness. <laughs> maybe I don't know. They have tame babies. But yeah, this whole process of like fighting the eggs of the world, then taking the alien containment, and then hatching them does it seems pointless. But I'm you know, will it be pointless? Probably. It seems unnecessarily complicated for something that's pointless, hmm. and quite late in the story for something this pointless. Maybe there are some egg. Maybe there is an egg, like a secret egg somewhere. Maybe. I mean, you the, main, the main story you is the all, all about like finding out what's going on with the ecology of this planet, essentially. So maybe at some point there will be a reason to. Also, you know, there's been a couple of other cases where things have turned up that don't seem to have any purpose. Like there's these giant underwater mushroom trees where you can harvest them and they give you some kind of spore sample but that doesn't seem to do anything at all hmm. like most other plants if you harvest them you can plant the plant and then grow another version of it mostly pointlessly but sometimes usefully if it's a plant that actually has a use but these mushroom spores you can't even plant and i'm like well what the hell is the point of these <laughs> is it just weird like leftover things that don't actually work in the game it's a soup ingredient <laughs> Because there clearly are a few, maybe a few things that might be bugs or might be 
holdovers from early access that didn't get fully finished. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Like in the blueprint library, the you look in your blueprint library, it says you can make a thermometer for your HUD, but you can't because <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> it only exists in the blueprint library, but it doesn't actually exist in the game. It's like, oh, they kind of forgot to take that out, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> or put it in. Or put it in, yes. With one of those two. Yeah, not, I feel like not, a, not a totally smooth early access launch then. Well, I mean, pretty smooth anyway. There doesn't seem to be that many bugs, apart from the one where I popped out my submarine by accident somehow. Just teleported out of it and was standing on top of it and it didn't think I was underwater. <laughs> Speaking of teleporting out of it, the worst type of enemy is the one that teleports. Oh, weird. Not because it Telefish. teleports, because it teleports you, which oh. is very annoying. If you're piloting your little submersible near it, you suddenly go whoop and you're not in it any longer. <laughs> Weird. I mean, that's how a, far do you travel? Not very far, just like okay. twenty feet. But it's quite a disorientating. Where you're like, oh shit, I don't know where I am or where, which direction the submarine actually is. Mm. And also, there's this monster trying to attack you now. <laughs> Stab it in the face. It's a teleport fish. Yeah. I wish you kind of had slightly better combat ability, because basically all you get is a knife. <laughs> And a stasis gun which freezes things in time, providing you can hit them, which is not very easy. Mm. <laughs> so the really the only way to combat stuff is to not is to preemptively attack things. <laughs> stasis them while they don't know where you are, so they're not rushing at you, and then just and run up and knife them until they <laughs> go away. <laughs> <laughs> they tend to go away before they die, then, or like they'll run away and go. Oh, I've injured the teleporting ones will annoyingly, because I wish I actually could kill those. <laughs> Although I don't know if they come back, because a lot of things, if you actually kill them, sort of, they just, like, they flop on the ground twitching, the big mm. things, and then I'm not sure they always come back. Like, the area around my base, there used to be quite a few sand sharks around, but I think they've all gone because I kept stabbing them. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I think maybe you can... Break the ecology. Well, remove some of the threats. Mm. And also harvest all the nor- all the little fish because I'm pretty sure the area around my life pod is almost devoid of usable fish because I use them all at the start of the game mm. so yeah it seems like it does remember some stuff to some extent although what doesn't remember is the goddamn scanner room it's really important. Like you have, you build this nice goddamn scanner room that can scan for resources and like you get a HUD upgrade so you can have those scans appear on your actual HUD which makes it real nice and easy to find resources. Except because of, or my theory, because of the ga- way the game world loads in like chunks, as mm. large open world games tend to do, the scan room can't actually scan places that haven't been loaded this session. Oh, weird. <laughs> so if you reload the game, the scan room is actually way less effective until you've gone there again yourself. Yeah. That's kind of... Cack. I mean, there is a kind of a way around that because the scan room also comes with camera drones. So you can just stand in the scan room, send the camera drone out, do a quick, like, spiral loop around your base to rediscover the area, essentially, and then mm. the scanner will start working again. <laughs> but only for a certain range away from the camera drone. So you, if there's a cave, you need to go down into the cave to detect it. Like, that kind of sucks. Yeah, that's a bit weird. <laughs> That's a bit strange. I will give you that. And also, I wish the HUD overlay that it does had like some kind of range indicator. Because it's just a bunch of icons and there's no indication of how far away those are or whether they're behind a wall. Like You have to rely entirely on parallax to work out where the thing is by like 
is that one closer or is it further away? If I strafe, does it stay in one place because it's actually on this wall next to me or not? Hmm. Need a kind of range indicator for those hollowing icons. Maybe. It'd be yeah. really helpful. And initially I was kind of like, I wished, initially I hoped there'd be a map at some point because, you know, there's no map. You're just like trying to navigate. You can set up beacons and that's it. Mm. And you just have this big world where you have to try and remember where stuff is, but then it's not actually that big a world. So I feel like the lack of a map isn't actually a problem once you right, start right. to get familiar with it, like the vague directions that different areas are in. It'd probably be quite an awkward map anyway. What was the 3D ness? Of... Well, I would have, I would have, uh, like, I would have been happy enough with just like a really basic top-down map that vaguely showed you the biome of the area. Even that would have been mm. more than enough. Would have actually needed to be a full map or anything, just to give you a sense of direction. But it turns out the world isn't that large, and once you get going, you sort of naturally learn the directions to things mm. and set up a few beacons, and you're good. Few lamp posts. So there's that. A few lights. Yeah. We need need some um, some four hundred meter lights. <laughs> yes, I've got a few different lights around. So that's that. It's a fairly interesting overworldish game, as long as you don't mind being underwater and constantly running out of oxygen. And you're not technically an engineer, or are you technically an engineer? I don't actually know what you're your job on this engineer. spaceship was. Hmm. I don't think it I think it may have been implied maybe but I'm not sure that that message was referring to you or not it's one of okay. those things where it's like it names someone and it names their job and you're like is that actually talking about me I'm not sure <laughs> could be first officer first officer handyman dude yeah exactly but <laughs> captain, oh, and captain capable one more thing I want to say about this game that is good is that it avoids the no man sky problem of constant alerts telling you about <laughs> right. stuff. Well, technically the alerts are constant, but in this game they're actually like well thought out. <laughs> like if you're quite if you're in like the first hundred meters of water or whatever, the alert for oxygen is just it just says oxygen. And it's like when you have like ten seconds mm. and you just go up and it's fine. But once you start going deeper, the, the alert changes to say thirty seconds. And it says thirty seconds, and you know it's thirty seconds, and then it's like, okay, now, now I'm, now that alert has become different and still useful. Interesting. And at a different time. Yeah, that's that's actually really smart. So they 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 know, uh, in fairness, how basically I, I'm assuming it's just depth, but they sort of have some vague idea where it's like you're you're a bit further away from safety. Yeah, you're gonna need. You're going to need to think about this a lot earlier. Although I don't think it changes again past that. I think it's still always just 30 seconds from then on. But okay. Yeah. By the time you're going that deep, you're basically you're coming out of a submarine and that's your point that you need to get back to. So then you kind of need to think about it yourself. Yeah. You can't just go straight up for 30 seconds. You're like, am I within 30 seconds swimming distance of the place that I just came out of my mm. submarine? <laughs> just thinking about your thing earlier, you said like you come out of a submarine and you just die. It's like there's no way of building like little mini bases or something where it's like just just go here and get some oxygen well i mean you can build bases sure but like if your submarines get destroyed that's you're usually not that close to wherever you want to be mm. i guess can just swim back to base i have just made the extremely large oxygen tank that gives you like 230 seconds of oxygen or something that might give you enough time to get quite a long distance especially mm. if you have the underwater scooter thing that you can store in your inventory sure maybe and I didn't realise, but you can actually 
store fully filled air tanks in your inventory. So in theory, you could swap them oh. out mid mid dive, I guess. Huh. <laughs> I assume that's how that works because it does appear to retain the amount of oxygen when you switch. Interesting. Yeah, that would. It's weird, but all right. Yeah, make that work. Just carrying around a giant, giant stash of oxygen yep. tanks. All the tanks. Yeah. Full inventory of tanks. <laughs> Can't pick up anything else, so it makes kind of makes it kind of useless to go that far. <laughs> Unless you just chuck the tanks as you go. Yeah. Get rid of that. <laughs> Don't need it. <laughs> pick it up on the way back. Well, no, because then you will have picked up stuff. And you'd have to do a recovery run, I suppose, the next run. Just go get your old tanks. Or just fuck them. I mean, <laughs> the tanks aren't that expensive to make, I guess. <laughs> well, the, the small tanks. The big tanks are relatively expensive. So that's that. That game is sort of interesting, and I've played it for a fair amount of time. I mean, I guess... I guess even mainlining the story, it wouldn't be that short. Mm. It, is it doesn't sound short. Fairly extensive. But, you know, there's a it's the open world classic situation of you can invest as much time as you want into making a base. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Be the fanciest thing you can. It's like towers. Yeah, exactly. Turtle all day long. Yep. Yep. You need a place to store that stuff and keep getting more stuff. You got anything else? No, that's no. it. You're done. Or at least that's all that I remember. Yeah, that's, that's more than enough. Yeah. Robe. Me. What have you been playing? The cloak. The shadow. Uh, no. <laughs> the shadow of Kemp <laughs> has descended. Uh, yeah, not, nothing, nothing really new this week to say too, too much. Uh, still playing on with that Mario. I'm up to what six hundred odd moons mm. now? Yeah, without having to do the like buying extra moon thing, right? Yeah, I forget what the number you get before that. It's like eight hundred and something, I think, before you actually do the buying to bring you up to nine nine nine. All right, so there's like eight hundred <laughs> and something like actual moons. Yeah, it's actual moons. All right, so yeah, I'm at like six hundred and something. Then I just I just basically cleaned out Lake Kingdom and Cloud Kingdom, the small ones. Yeah, <laughs> so I forget what I've got to, what. I've, Got, I think I went back to the moon because one of the, oh no that's one of the things I, I haven't got in the Lake King is one of them's asking for a spacesuit, right? Yeah. So so I've gone back to the moon to see if they're selling a spacesuit, which they are, of course. <laughs> uh, and that's where, I, where I've left it. I might it might because obviously there's now more stuff on the moon from when I was there last, so yes. I haven't seen any of like the the post post success changes that happened there. Um, but I've just been sort of like. There have been certain things I've been hearing about other, some of the other levels, and it's like, oh no, I totally didn't see that. And so I'm sort of now, there's just some things about some of the other levels where it's just like, wait, what? What was that? It's like like stumbling upon the deep woods, and it's like, wait, what? <laughs> well, yeah, as I said when I played it the first time, it's like, that was, yeah, it was stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and not very well explained. I mean, not explained at all. And the exact opposite of what you'd think to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, deep woods is a bit weird. Um, but yeah, there's just there's a few things I'm hearing about. It. It's just like, oh, oh, maybe I should go check that out. But I'm still like, yeah, poking at it slowly. Um, uh, yeah, so, so, so just carrying on with that. Um, did dig dug a little bit more into Hand of Fate too. Um, I had 
Oh, I think I had a moment where I basically I thought I was going to fall off that game, um, and I'm about halfway through it. And uh, mainly because the, the I think I'm finding like the 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 it's con- and I meant to touch on this a little bit last time. I think I'm finding it's like more intricate multi-step encounters more interesting than the actual sort of campaign missions that hold them. Hmm. If you know what I mean? Like, so the step-by-step campaign missions, I think like some of them just run a bit too long or some of them are just not that interesting or so, um, like as the mechanics are changing now, I think I'm finding them a little bit more frustrating than I normally would. And I think, I think a part of me does miss the purity of how the original game held together. Like the, the original one just sort of felt like it, uh, you know, the game of keep of keeping going was more interesting uh, this time, uh, and maybe that's something that will, that will continue to expand uh, as I as I, as I go. But it's, um, yeah, I don't know. It's getting to the point where I think it's 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 problems are starting to become more irritating the more I play. Um, like so, one of the one of the challenges I I like literally just finished just before we went on air was uh, it was like a good forty five minute at least run to get to the thing. And the last time I did that, I got there in pretty good stead. And then I thought I was just murdered by a bad hand, um, so to speak, um, in in the final boss fight, which was a, it's quite a frustrating experience. And it's like, yeah, that can happen. That is this game. but uh, And that happened in the original too. But the hand it dealt me felt not only like a combination of bad guys in the combat arena that were just really awkward to fight all together. And, that, and those mm, those bad guys were chosen by random chance mm. and mm. it's like well fine you've made this really tricky and i'm not actually that well equipped to deal with this combination okay that kind of sucks uh but let's plow through and then to get murdered by what felt like <laughs> terrible terrible hitbox detection like you very clearly visibly dive out of the way of an attack and it can still hit you sometimes and you're just like oh come on and it's like it's just that level of again. I mentioned this last time, but the level of polish that the the the, the combat desperately needed from the first game just yeah, it's still not there, and it still still kind of hurts. Although I did kind of stumble upon the things that I thought weren't in this game. Like I found like a trap cage. Now I've found I've seen quite a few of those now, and it's like having got all the way in last 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 week's discussion about it. Like I hadn't seen any of them, and they were all over the first game. One of the first things I did in the first game was go to a trap cave and get some loot, and it's like now I've stumbled upon tons of them. Like weirdly, I didn't see any until the mid portion of this game, and I'm seeing quite a few of them, um, and they're actually kind of okay because they don't feel particularly cheap. There's there's a little bit of camera trouble i think with them and i can't quite angle the camera in the way to so i can see what i want to see sometimes like i'll dive through one thing into another that i couldn't see because it was off screen Mm. um especially if you're coming towards the camera but uh, and it also wants to have the camera at quite a low angle so you can't raise it above yourself particularly high you see if you want to get a nice nice view of what's around you uh so yeah that's that's they're a little problematic but they are improved from the first game for sure um Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Some of that, some of the. I think I missed the purity a little bit of the first game for sure. Mm. Um, may have tra- tried too hard, but in the wrong direction. <laughs> Let's go with that. Damn it! Come on, guys. Yeah. Uh, 
And of course, the only the only other thing I've been playing is Forza Horizon Three. How's that going? And now that, given that it's the same as Forza Horizon Two, <laughs> I think I got over. I think I got over the hump that I was having last time. Like in the oh, okay. So last, uh, I think that game performs. I, I think I just made a, perhaps a bad call going to Surface Paradise, like the the street racingy or the more built up town. Yeah. On the map. It's not where that game shines. No, it really isn't. It's like like there's. I think I just had a bad selection of cars and the track. You know, the road layout just isn't very interesting around there. The game shines when you're doing off-road stuff, and you're very specifically going out of your way to drive like off-road cars and and do those sort of like high, you know, massive lots of jumps, lots of mashing through stuff, lots of yeah, cutting corners and finding lines and. That kind of stuff. That is where this game excels, and that I have I have way more fun doing that stuff. And I've been doing a lot of that side of things. Sweet. Um, yeah, that's basically never like... really touching a proper car, hardly. Just like just going in buggies and big ass jeeps and cool. Bit different to your average Forza experience. Yeah, I've you know I've been, I've been kind kind of enjoying that side of it, and the, you know the the irritate some of the irritating. Why can't I say that word? Some of the more irritating stuff that I described last time as well, like the annoying voiceover people and the ads and some of the stuff that was a little bit more intrusive into the experience, that all seems to be dying away slowly. Okay. Like when I'm winning races, I'm I'm now very rarely getting Kira or whatever his name coming and it's like, you should stop winning. People are getting jealous and ha ha ha, you're such a cock for being the owner of this festival. Blah. <laughs> but, you know, like none of that is really impinging on things no or you don't you're not really hearing it as often right um which is which is which is a godsend it's way it's way better with less of it i wonder if that whole presentation will just die a death <laughs> that style uh, i i hope so yeah me too because that you know there are that game is so slickly put together that those there's something about that attitude just kind of just doesn't fit or maybe I'd want to change somehow or I don't know. I don't quite know how I would do it differently is the thing, like other than just it not being there. Mm. But then does the game feel even more soulless as a result? I'm 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 just not quite sure. Perhaps there is a, a balance there but you just need to find the right attitude for the voiceovers or something like that. Maybe maybe it is just an attitude thing and I just don't like what they're doing. Um well, they could avoid the whole, like, the whole video game protagonist problem of you being the one person winning all these races. Well, I mean, actually, that's one of this game's great things. You don't have to win the exhibition races. Well, I don't mean... You can just, like, it will if you, if you come, like, last in them, it will still say, that's fine, you did that. You can move on. And it's like, that's great. It's like, like doing them. They could have had an easy way around that for this game. Just make it so every time you change car, you're changing to a different person. I suppose. <laughs> yeah. What did like a Call of Duty multi-person story or something? Well, like, you right wouldn't even have to have a story. It'd just be like the voiceovers at the end of the race could just be like, "Oh, you're you did well that time, random person from nowhere." Soap and McTavish go to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> or you do it like fucking Battlefield Two on the consoles, where you just. Into the into the different car. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I do. That would be that would be really cool if they had done that. Because there is one thing that does bug me, and they're like, when you do a championship, 
you still have to drive between each race starting point. Hmm. Right. Uh, and I would, I would really like to not have the option. That like, I would sounds like to, kind of annoying. Yeah. Can I, can I just go to the next race, please, rather than having to drive to the next race? Um, and pr- pretty much every route in the every route you do, every track you discover in the game you can i think has a start is a starting point for a different championship hmm. so there are a bit, and i've barely d- scratched the surface on the championship side but that means there's a lot of championships and a lot of racing you could do here um again i don't think that's any different from forza horizon 2 but when it starts to sink in like just how many icons you've got on the map and how how many of those are the start of championships Mm. and how much driving you're going to have to be doing it's like actually it's like oh but if i really want to just do the racing i now have to do all the stuff oh there's going to come a point where that just becomes tedious i'm not there yet but there will come a point like the last game where i'm just going to stop and it's going to mm. be like there's too much there's too much kudos but too much it's also like crazy achievements in the game. I think like I was looking at some of the list and it's like, there is an achievement I think for doing a championship with every track in the game in a single run. Um, and it's just like, that's, that's enormous. That's mental. <laughs> in one run. Well, like, not, like not in, in, in like a single championship with just every oh, course see. in it. Right. And it's like yeah. in a game like this, it's like, that's a lot of courses. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, the achievements are skewed a little bit towards the super hardcore, shall we say? Some of them. Uh, it's neat that it's there, but I'm, I'm at, like my progress meter, like towards the actual sort of end end of the game. It does give you like a percentage of how far you are towards what it calls the final showcase, which I think is what two did as well. Oh, cool! Uh, I'm still okay. only at like forty percent or something. Respectable, uh, but. Yeah, I've maxed out two of the venues and like all of the in terms of the icons it will put on the map, and I've still got a couple of them that I've barely touched. Mm. Uh, but there's there's like four different hotspots around the map, and it's, I still I still think some of my original complaints still stand though. Like, I'm not a hundred percent sure that this this map is as nice as Europe. As the Europe one. Yeah, I mean it's got some. They can do some different things. Like it has got the jungle. It has got more deserty areas that Europe didn't have, but then I don't feel like I've got the nice sweeping mountains or the nice uh, vistas over wine fields or things like that, like or, the, or heather or whatever it was that was like purple on the horizon and things like that. It's just, it, it's, it's not quite as an appealing a, a, a map to me. Um, uh, but so yeah, I'm just, I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to plow through. I do wish I could make the drone fly higher. Because <laughs> that can only fly like slightly higher than a pickup truck. Oh, really? For some reason. That's I'm weird. assuming it's a limitation of the engine because you never see a long, a large sweeping vista from high above the ground. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Australia where it's well flat. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's, a, there's an engine limitation going on there because you, you just can't do it anywhere. Um, and none of the cutscenes do it ever. It's always looking up. Like it's always from man to see the sky, right? Which I guess might be an interesting style choice. I guess if you like, maybe that's on purpose. Maybe it's not a limitation, but like that you're always seeing stuff from a personal perspective. <laughs> but I don't know. Like, there are times where I just want to see this world. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I, you want it, it is some like... fun stuff. 
pull out and see you some show you a sister really, or two. It was a really dumb moment actually where it's like it was nothing to do really with the playing the game per se, but I was in drone mode, just flying around trying to find a barn find. And there were a couple of driver tars just sort of racing each other around where I was scanning. So I just I just spent a while flying the drone watching them. Mm-hmm. And it was way more satisfying than I expected. Just watching these two driver tars like have it out. Like, and, and it sort of gave me, gave me a moment to sort of step back and go, all right, if I was to actually just look at this game for a second, look at the detail on these cars and how good the driving model is from like just looking at it from an outside perspective rather than trying to play it. Yeah, wrestling with it. Yeah. Oh, it was it was quite it's just a strange moment, like a sort of a sort of a okay, wow. This this wow this thing. Yeah. <laughs> just 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 look at these two guys going at it. Like it also made me wonder like oh, like could that maybe there should have been a bit more of seeing things from that perspective because it looks really cool like just fl- just flying a drone around this car battle going on it was it looked it looked pretty cool but i don't quite know how you make a mechanic out of that because it looked neat <laughs> uh yeah that game's all right i think i may have knocked it a little too hard last time yeah once you get into the the bush, as it were. Yeah, I, I feel I feel way more positive now than I did before, um, and I haven't even touched the Hot Wheels stuff. And I reckon that would be a whole another level of entertainment because I've whole seen some clips from Kippers playing it. And oh yeah, the, the the size of the jumps and stuff. It looks cool. I've forgotten about that Hot Wheels thing. That came. That just comes with it right now. Uh, it's a DLC pack. Yeah, DLC. It's like the second deal. They, they, uh, yeah, I got it in a. Well, I got it in a sort of like a bundle. Over oh the, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember uh, over over the sale period. Uh, so they were putting that, and uh, I, I was tempted to perhaps pick up the one with Blizzard Mountain in it as well, which like adds snowy stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Which again would be a nice change of pace, but I sort of second guessed it, thinking like eh, that game is enormous. I probably don't need that much more content. But oh my god, look at the Hot Wheels tracks. <laughs> Bright orange plastic, doing loop the loops around dinosaurs. Of course, it's 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 gonna kick ass. Standard Hot Wheels, uh, and that's me. Yeah, keep it simple this week. Not a lot to not a lot to say. Cool. Well, we're nearly there. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good game. <laughs> I think we discussed this last time. I'm carrying on. I've, I've done the Ilium stuff. That was pretty good. Uh, the the just a car lady. That oh, was yeah, actually yeah. better than I remember. And uh, the assassin. Is that where you're, where you're seeing the. Was it the, oh, their equivalent of the Fallen or something like that? You know, the, the Asari that have gone bad? Uh, or, is that, no. or is that where you meet the Justica? That's where you meet the Justica. So she, okay. the, the Justica is like the weird Jedi type, sort of. Yeah. Like where they're yeah, like. The Fallen well, is later because it's. Yeah. Bathsheba or something or whatever they called them. It's but... her, like her. Um, one of her daughters is the bad. That's right. And then you can choose whether to have the just girl or have the evil woman on your team. For real bad idea. Oh wow! <laughs> oh yeah. I didn't realize that was the choice. Well, I didn't remember that was the choice. Yeah. Was it? What would it be like having the other person? Oh, I don't know. 
I didn't do that. I kept just a car. But... Like, yeah, I think even in a renegade one, I'm gonna do that because it just seems like a real bad idea in yeah, general. Especially how like they describe sensible. all the evil shit that you how the evil sorry get incredibly evil. Yeah, like yeah. I don't think you'd really want that person, even if you thought it was a good idea for a moment. Mm. Probably not. <laughs> so I think I only I think I only played Mass Effect Two Renegade, and I still made that just a car call. I did, I'd, I'd forgotten that was a choice. In fairness, the Renegade. Oh yeah, that that's her loyalty mission, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah, I've got. I've only just recruited her, but I did the, uh, uh, you know, uh, the other loyalty mission for what's her face, <laughs> the main for lady for what's her uh, face, y- Yvonne Strahovski, whatever her name is. <laughs> that that woman. If, oh, um, one less lady. Yeah, one yeah, one less lady. woman. Yeah, main. What's her name? Miranda. One. Miranda. That's right. Yeah. And um, yeah, the just car. I've just realised that just cars are like a, a cross between Jedi and like Judge Dread. <laughs> They're yeah. quite a lot like Judge Dread. Yeah, <laughs> they are the law. Which you is have been cool. judged. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's kind of weird. Uh, yeah. Sentenced right here. I definitely like I said last time, but it's like I like this one because it's the most sort of Star Trekky because it's like they're like individual like weird little episodes. Rather mm. than and and it does have an overarching thing, kind of like the Borg or whatever, but not it's not like constant war or whatever like the third one. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And, and it's a bit more serviceable. Although although it is a the shooting is like not amazing. <laughs> it's fine, uh, and there's quite a lot of it. So how, I, how I don't you, know. How are you playing on PC? Are you, are you keyboard mouse or have you yeah. got a full controller? Unfortunately, the, as as I mentioned before, the, I would have played controller. I think. I think I probably. But, but played it doesn't that. have. Con- oh yeah, I remember you saying it, it doesn't, doesn't work. Have it doesn't have wow. controller, and also you have to like fiddle around with any files to get the the mouse stuff working nicely. I think it has an FOV problem out of the box, and like a mouse sensitivity being like way too high. I think mm. I can't remember what I solved, but anyway, I solved it. Uh, just about it's definitely pretty nice and playable now but yeah i think i'd rather use a gamepad but it's totally fine with mouse keyboard mm. um you know it's a fairly cover shootery thing yeah but it's a bit of a pain i'm playing the steam version by the way um sure Not the obviously origin. it's like mostly on origin quite crack um and yeah uh, having fun Kind of want to go back to it, although it is kind of a waste of time doing the, as we discussed, planet scanning. But uh, <laughs> uh, you don't have to do that much of it, really. Uh, yeah, yeah, I forget. I forget how much you need, but yeah, I think I ended up sort of just mining the galaxy dry. Yeah, I don't think you need to do that, but anyway, it, it helps. Oh, one thing is, so now I've gone to like Tachanka or the the, uh, the Krogan oh, homeworld. The, yeah, and um, uh, and. Just because I started a new game from scratch, like Rex is, spoiler alert, <laughs> Rex is dead. Um, oh, which is weird. Your, so, yeah, in, be- because uh, I didn't have the chance to save Rex, or it seems was, you killed that was Rex. One of the choices in the like pre-game or something. Or... So it's in. No, you don't get to choose that. Like uh, hmm. it didn't ask you. It asks you like. It asks you about Caden and Ashley, doesn't it? In the... Yeah, Caden versus Ashley, I think. Which is what does it even? Yeah, that's. I'm pretty sure oh. it's you that one. Right. I don't know. You, I have, you played more on PC, right? So you probably just shifted your save. Did that? Yeah, but it no. still asks you. Yeah. It still asks you during that sequence because it's like we're checking your memory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's like, right. Wrong, you're being like, no, that's not right. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. So you see that anyway? Yeah. Okay. Huh. Uh, yeah. So um, 
so that was a, that's a bit weird. I've never seen the dialogue of like the the, the guy who's like the Rex replacement. The, the Rex replacement. Yeah. No, yeah. I've never seen that. Yeah, it's kind of strange. So, uh, yeah, maybe I screwed well, it's, up. It's, the... it's... The thing at the beginning. Well, yeah, but it's, it's, so. in some ways, it's neat that you're getting a different perspective. Yeah, right? like, that's this, true. It's... it's not obviously it's not that different, but it, it's kind of a bit weird. Yeah, not how you remember it. Exactly. No, exactly. I, see, I find that fascinating. Actually, that's probably kind of cool. Yeah, that's like, where cool that stuff. happens. Yeah, yeah. The fact that that's happening, like obviously, even in the second game, let alone the third game of the series, where you're like, wait, well, all the stuff from the first game. It's not just like the Ragnar Queen or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, a whole bunch of stuff. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. And then I just played a bit. I, I switched the cartridges out and put Zelda back in for a bit. So I'd just be doing some side quests on that prior to getting the DLC. So <laughs> you, yeah. are, you are going to go in for the DLC? I expect so. I, although I hear it's not, it's, not, it's not amazing or anything. But I think I might as well it's just, it go. It's just more. Yeah, a bit more stuff. To, so I'll check that out. Cool, cool, and that's me, and that's us. Oh my god, I think that is us. For the Good to Zach for playing the first 2018 game. Yeah, we'll see what the next one is. While uh, the rest of us go back in time. I've been tuned. thinking a lot about like what old game to cover because this is the season for me for playing old stuff. Generally. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. I always do it, do it this time of year, and it's like, do I go? I actually thought, oh, it's a toss up. Maybe, I, maybe because I'm in. Tr- like excited, somewhat excited for Final Fantasy XV's PC release when that comes mm. out. I do really want to play that. Um, the like maybe this is the time to get thirteen three out of the way. Oh god! And then <laughs> get lightning returns done. Um, oh god! Oh god! I forgot about that game. Yeah. Stephen did. Stephen did the website for that game. Or oh, did he? I think so. Huh. Yeah. Probably still. Uh, yeah, so, that, so there's that. Or maybe I, in, in the wake of Game Pass, because, like the, what we were talking about earlier, I have got a copy of Recall, so maybe, <laughs> which is available on Game Pass, the definitive edition. But like, um, yeah, just get on, get on with playing that. Which in theory, I've got the original disc version, which should upgrade to definitive. <laughs> yes, you'd hope. Yeah. So like, maybe that game's good now. I don't know. Or better. Yeah. It's probably not 100% good. No, it's probably not 100%. It's probably not 100% good. game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not 100% a game. Actually, is that, is that true of any game that's got a cutscene in it? Is it then no longer 100% a game? That's part of games. Yeah, I guess it is now. Hideo Kojima games. Now, those are not 100% a game. <laughs> Quite possibly. <laughs> yeah. But you get a whole lot of eighty yeah, percent of game. Yeah, hundred percent madness. Yeah, that's true. Oh man, cool. Right, yeah. Stay tuned to our, our YouTube channel as well for for some more crap uh, yeah, <laughs> coming <dust> your way. <laughs> dust, dust went the up good last week. Yeah, you might find some videos that are a bit garg. <laughs> a bit garg. Yeah, a little bit garg. Check out the garg videos. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dyad is next. Yeah, that was also quite garg, but that, for a different reasons. That is, I mean, I, I got a headache editing that thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy that. Enjoy the garg, and we'll be back in a couple of weeks for another soundcast. Yeah. Cool. Bye. Wait, I remember, press stop.